Welcome to Weird Kid Video. I'm Cameron Snape and I miss video stores so much I opened one in my own home, packed with the VHS tapes of the trash cinema I grew up watching at a highly inappropriate age. Every week I force my co-host Kira Jade Opitz and Brandon McDonald to sit through a movie for us to discuss. So come on in, have a look around and sign up for a membership. This is Weird Kid Video. Craft pod today. Just warning you. Craft pod. Big craft pod. I'm excited. I have giant craft pod. Energy. Well, I'm excited because like I uh, podcast content. Yep. <laughs> All business. Brody's back. I'm Brody's back, back, bitches. We had fun without you. We did. Yeah, we had a good time. I hear it was really good, it and I knew time. it was going to be really good. Uh, there were some I, twists. There were some turns. Oh, really? There was some shenanigans. Any U-turns? You'll see. Ooh, <laughs> it's a good time. Kira and I were talking. Foreboding. Can't wait for a podcast where it's us three guys. I reckon we're going to fight over something controversial. I really hope you watch something that like none of you agree on. <laughs> and it's just the three of you just. I can, I can make that happen. Yeah. Just not agreeing for, yeah. for three hours. I we can. have to go into an agreement where it's like we're friends after the pod, no matter how many fuck yous are thrown out. <laughs> sure. I think that that would be an entertaining listen. Okay. <laughs> I would subscribe. I'm going to move us along. We have a lot to talk about. Yeah. yeah. New business. New business. New business. This week, we are headed towards perfection. We are finally talking about Tremors from 1990. Perfection, a scorched outpost in the middle of nowhere. You know how close I am to leaving this place right now? How close? Maybe that's why Val and Earl decided to leave town. picked the wrong day to do it. Jeez. You guys better get the hell out of here. There's a killer on the loose. Who could be doing it? Is that a snake? I'll give you boys five dollars for this. Twenty. That's how they get you. They're under the ground. But where do they come from? I vote for outer space. No way these are local boys. You see, they're headed right for us. No Richter scale can measure it. They're coming! No scientist can explain it. Bert, they're under the ground! You didn't get penetration even with the alpha gun. Run, run! And no one knows what to call it. Mega worms or suckers or... Or suckoids. Now, this valley is just one long smorgasbord. Now, it's up to Val and Earl to save the world. That's one big mother. Who died and made you Einstein? And they know just what to do. Flip for it. Damn. Kevin Bacon. Fred Ward. Tremors. I'm excited. Were you surprised when you found out that Adam picked Tremors? Uh, no, I kind of expected that, I think. Yeah. But, um, I was not expecting. Can we the answer quality. the question? Had you seen Tremors before? No, I hadn't. I had. You know what I, th yeah, like I, like <laughs> I kept saying before, like I kept confusing it in my memory with Holes. <laughs> Which is such a different <laughs> such movie. Such a different movie. Okay. Hold, hold the rest of your thoughts, please. <laughs> Directed by Ron Underwood. This is his first film. Really? Ever. This is his first movie. Wow. 
That's yeah. a strong start. Before this, he'd worked in the industry as a production assistant. He was a location manager and an assistant director. He'd worked on Future World, Capricorn One, Tourist Trap, which is like a kind of culty, legendary horror movie. He was working for National Geographic making documentary when he got this when he got this job. After this movie, he directed City Slickers. Oh, shit. Billy Crystal. Right. Jack Palance. Hearts and Souls. No. Which is a like a 90s Robert Downey Jr. Okay. He did the Mighty Joe Young remake, which is kind of like King Kong, but smaller. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mighty Joe Young's a good time. And then he killed his career with the big budget disaster that was Eddie Murphy in The Adventures of Pluto Nash. I've heard of that. That's a movie that cost $100 million what in, the fuck? in 2002. Ooh. Oh. Yep. And made... Seven point one million dollars no. back in the box office. That is we wor- harmonized on that. <laughs> that is worldwide, not oh, no. just US domestic box office. Oh, that wow! And that was the end of his career. Like legit, like he, just drags he, after that? He, he has not made a movie since then. Oh, yeah. wow. You don't get forgiven for that? I don't think so, no. No. I mean, it took Eddie Murphy like 20 years to get forgiven for that. Wow. Really, if you think about it, Eddie Murphy's only really just kind of coming back now. Yeah, true, In the past couple of years. Yeah, so did this guy write this movie as well? No. Written by Brent Maddock, Ambersand S.S. Wilson, Steve Wilson. They were a writing team that had had a hit in 1986 with Short Circuit. That was their first Short Circuit, I know that. It's about a robot. I am alive. Okay. I'm, I was very impressed by the dialogue in some of these parts. We'll, we'll definitely talk yeah. about that. They also wrote on Batteries Not Included, which is a movie produced by Steven Spielberg, Short Circuit 2, and then Tremors. The idea for Tremors came to Steve Wilson while he was making educational films for the military. Okay, I wonder, then. wonder what he saw. He was, <laughs> one day he was out on a bomb range. He was standing on an outcropping of rock and thought, what if there was something in the ground that meant I could not get off this rock? <laughs> Land sharks. <laughs> that was one of the original titles of the movie. Shut up. Land sharks. When they were coming up with names in the movie, I was like, come on, say it. Just say it once. <laughs> I would I would fucking go see Land Shark. He put the idea in his back pocket, and when the agent that had loved Short Circuit asked them what else they had, they pitched three ideas, and the agent told them to go with Tremors. So they wrote the screenplay for Tremors. They had been discussing it with their friend, Ron Underwood, the director of this movie. Because he'd been working on nature documentaries, he suggested some kind of some of the animal behavior that they then kind of tied into the screenplay. They shopped it around and it landed on the desk of Gail Ann Hurd. I know that name. No. Nah. Co-writer and producer of The Terminator. Um. Oh, shit. James Cameron's second wife. Ah. Yep. And also legendary producer of Aliens, a whole, oh, bunch, yeah. of, a whole bunch of other movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked We've about sung her praises a couple of times. We yeah. talked about her on the, pod, on the podcast. She shopped it around, came on as an executive producer, and got Universal to greenlight it. Yes, it begins a script called Land Sharks. That's mad. By the time the script was finished, it, was, it had been renamed Beneath Perfection. <laughs> That's pretty good. It was shot with the title Dead Silence. <laughs> and then That's during post production, they came up with the title Tremors. Yeah, it, it. I think a more mysterious title does this movie mm. favors. Yeah, yeah. After this movie, they wrote the Bill Cosby movie Ghost Dad. Okay. <laughs> which I remember that movie. They wrote Hearts and Souls, which I'd already mentioned, mm. directed by Underwood. Tremors Two: Aftershocks. <laughs> and then they wrote Wild Wild West. Oh, okay. I have the biggest soft spot for that movie. I fucking love that movie. <laughs> I've never fucking seen it. I know the I've rap, the cover. like, back to front. I saw, the tra- I saw the trailer of that movie and was like, no, no, not for me. Wickedy, wicked wild, or wickedy wild. Oh, no. <laughs> I love that. Okay. 
That didn't kill their careers, but they did have to go to straight to video. <laughs> that killed people's careers. I fucking loved that movie. God damn it. I have terrible taste. Massive, that, that was also a massive flop. A massive really? budget. A massive budget, massive flop. Oh, the movie's man. not a hit movie. Wow. I did not know that. No. I mean, based on your rapping just before, <laughs> I would assume that it's a, you know, people might have enjoyed it it's on VHS, but are people really going okay. to the movies to so watch that? It's like if you enjoy Will Smith, you enjoyed that movie just because Will Smith said Okay. <laughs> Go home, look up Kevin Smith, Giant Mechanical Spider. Yeah. And you will hear a story <laughs> about one of the producers of Wild Wild West. Yeah. That ends with the Mechanical Spider in Wild Wild West. <laughs> and you will have a good time. I will say the Giant Mechanical Spider is like jumping the shark pretty bad. <laughs> That spider has a long and storied history. Okay, okay. okay. So anyway, we'll come back to the, to the podcast. <laughs> they both wrote Tremors 3 and 4. Ah. How many of these movies did they make? With Wilson directing 3 and Maddock directing 4. Huh. In between those movies, they were showrunners on the first attempt at a Tremors TV show. That'd be cool. It was cancelled after 13 episodes that were aired on sci-fi out of order. He likes his cars fast. She likes her shorts short. He likes his badge flashed. That little turd. She likes her store stocked. He likes his guns loaded. And it likes all of them raw. That's perfection. Perfection Nevada. Small town. Big problem. Tremors, the series, coming in 2003 on Sci-Fi. Have you well, seen them? I mean that. No. Uh. They were no longer involved in the franchise after four. There are currently seven Sick. Tremors <gasps> movies. No. What? All of them realize. straight to video after number one. Tremors must have been a hit then. We'll talk. We'll talk about it. <laughs> we'll talk. We'll talk. <laughs> the the last one, Tremors Shrieker Island, was released in October of 2020. Oh, variant. That's... Recent. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know what you're up against. I got this handled. You got a genetically enhanced giant carnivorous worm with tunneling abilities loose on your private island. This species should be left to die. What exactly are we talking about? Shriekers. We have 48 hours to stop these things. Hey, let's go, Ramboy. Burt Gummer. He's a freaking legend. Go. Count me in. She's culling the weakest from the herd first. Crap, that means I'm next. Welcome to the party, bird. This has to end here. This is it. Lead, follow, or get out of my way. I'll lead. That's not an option. It was I mean, a big deal. That was during the pandemic. I remember when that movie came out. I mean, if I was, if I saw this movie growing up and I was like a big fan, I would keep watching them even no matter how bad they got just for fun. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, no. No, you didn't. No, they got that bad. Starring Kevin Bacon as Val McKee. I fucking love Valentine for a name. So good. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's Kevin Bacon. Yeah, boy. What's Kevin Bacon's first movie? Trivia Round. Jeopardy Music. Mm, no, I, I don't know. This one. <laughs> no. <laughs> Friday 13th. Oh, oh. man, I'm, I don't think I've seen that. <laughs> of course you haven't. 
Well, like the surprises. thing is, is you say so many things about Friday the Thirteenth, and I'm like, I'm sure I saw it. Yeah. And now I'm like, I don't well, remember have, any of this you, shit. You have confused uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the Thirteenth and Halloween several times on this podcast. I've I've lived a life. My brain doesn't work so good. We'll get there <laughs> with all those movies. <laughs> Yay! He's in Animal House, the National Lamp- first National Lampoon's movie. Yeah, yep. yeah, I think I can remember him. And obviously, he was kind of like a little bit of a heartthrob through the '80s. His big hit was, of course, Footloose in 1984. Mm. This is 1990. He hadn't had a hit movie since. Whoa! How so many years is that? Six years. Six years, and he hasn't a hit movie. No, he's been, he's, in, a few so duds. he's been in a few duds. Right. Right. Remember Quicksilver, the bicycle Wall Street movie? We oh, saw the trailer no. for. That was oh, like yeah, right yeah, before yeah. this. That was a dud. Yeah. The one that looked like Premium Rush. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's not. When the script for Tremors came in, he thought his career was almost over. He's so fucking young, good looking still. How could his career be mm. over? Well, he was broke, right? Fair. His wife was pregnant with her first kid, oh. and he was being offered a monster movie about giant worms under the ground. <laughs> oh, How old been, was he at this point? I think he's I think he's almost 30 or, right. ju- or just on th- on 30. Right. That would have been yeah. such a nervous time for him. Mm. So mm. I'm going to talk a little uh, later, I'm going to talk a little bit more about his feelings about the movie, but this movie was a flop in cinemas. Really? Right. That's could be surprising. The could be the marketing, tone. I just assumed that it is did it well action- when there's now seven of them. Is it an action movie? Is it a horror movie? Is it a comedy? What is it? The name was too how mysterious. Do you, how do you sell this movie? Yeah. Right. Surprising. Because if you see this movie, you you got to enjoy it you just so enough. He was miserable. He honestly thought like he was fucking done. This movie was shot in 89. It came out in January of, nine, of 1990. The other movie that he shot in 1990, Flyliners. Oh, ah, right. Yes. Which was a massive hit. Yeah. It did kind of represent a pivot point in his career. After 1990, he decided he was no longer viable as a leading man. Oh. Right. So he started seeking out character roles in interesting projects and with directors that he wanted to work with. So he shows up in JFK with Oliver Stone, mm. A Few Good Men for, oh. for Rob Reiner, The River Wild with Curtis Hansen, and of course Apollo 13 for Ron Howard and so on yeah, and so on yeah, and so on. Yeah. His career has obviously had like heaps of ups and downs. He's like, you know, been dead and then became relevant People hated again. him for a while, didn't they? Yeah, and of course there's like six degrees of Kevin Bacon because he's been in so many moves with other with other people that yeah. there's a whole fucking game that exists around, That's around awesome. him. That's awesome. Right? And I love that that game's just like a thing that came out of the culture. Like it's just something that- So it was started, there's a website oh. called Bacon Oracle, which is like an early internet- yeah. website where you could put in the name of a mo- an actor's name and it would connect him to Kevin Bacon and that's where that idea came from. Oh, that's mad. Yeah. They, I, they claimed that I could always do it within six Bacons. <laughs> I've told Seven you bacons. I've told you this before, but that um Invisible Man movie he did? Hollow Man. Hollow Man fucking scared so, the shit out of me Paul, as a young guy. Paul Verhoeven, the director of Robocop and Starship Troopers. Yeah. I actually fucking love Hollow Man. Is there another Starship Troopers connection in this movie? Don't think so. Okay. I'll, I'll tell you where I think it is. Okay, we can yeah. talk about that. He's still, like, everyone sees him and he's like, Kevin Bacon, my yeah. man. <laughs> this year, he will appear in the remake of The Toxic Avenger Mad. from Make on Blair and Beverly Hills Cop, semicolon Axel no. Foley. No. So he didn't appear in any of the other Tremors movies? Kevin Bacon is not in any of the other Tremors movies. There you go. Fred That's Ward. Fred Ward is Earl Bassett. My God. Fucking look in respect for him. <laughs> I knew. But like, I knew. how did, like, I didn't know. Uh, I When I saw him, I was like, damn. 
Did like, I mention that Brody's back this week? Yeah. Damn, he looks like an older the horny Josh Bernthal. You know Josh Bernthal from like The Punisher, that yeah, guy Berenthal. from The Walking Dead? Berenthal. I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah, it, like I got a I got a little bit of man crush on him because he's just such he's, a man. He's so rugged. Yeah. He's so rugged and handsome. But like when I saw this dude, I was like, like I'm not a daddy guy, but I was like, daddy? Oh <laughs> Is this because you missed a week? You feel like you need to bring extra horny? I'm sorry. I'm not oh even meaning to. It awoke something inside of me. Okay. <laughs> this better not awaken anything in me. The first bit with the lighter and the smoke, I was just like, I'm in love. <laughs> Does Ellie need to be worried? <laughs> nah. She knows. <laughs> she knows who I am. <laughs> he passed away last year. Oh. That's a shame. He's so good. Yeah, he was. He was. He was up there. He was in his. He was in his mid seventies. The weird thing is, is I've seen him before, but it was this role that just like. Yeah, mm. he's a dude that shows up everywhere. Yeah. It's like, oh hey, it, it's Fred Ward. He started in the nineteen seventies in bit parts, and his first breakout role was in Walter Hill's Southern Comfort with Powers Booth from Rapid Fire. Ah. Yeah. It's the first thing that he was a big in. He's Gus Grissom in The Right Stuff. Movie about the Apollo astro Mercury astronauts. Maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. He is from my childhood, long before this. He is Remo Williams in Remo Williams: The Adventure Begins. Now, based on the Destroyer novel series that sold over thirty million copies, America's favorite tough guy comes to the screen in a movie big enough to hold. Begins. Oh, that sounds excellent. It's interesting. Okay. Has an Does icon- it go further than that? No. <laughs> it, was, it was meant to be the start of a franchise. Mm, that's always a shame. It was not. <laughs> Maybe because of the yellow face. We'll talk about mm. it when we get there. He's in the um, Bette Midler movie, Big Business, which is a good time. Henry okay. and June. Miami Blues, which we've seen the trailer for. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. the guy chasing, uh, is it Alec Baldwin in that movie? Yes, 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 yes. This movie, he's also in The Player, Thunderheart, the third Naked Gun movie, the third oh. Crow movie. Okay. He's in The Crow Salvation. Yeah, yeah. Kirsten Dunst. Everywhere I forget she's in that movie, but she's in that movie. Uh, Road Trip. It's one of okay. The, yeah, the uh, gross out comedy from the early 2000s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His last credit is from 2015. He was in a single episode of True Detective. Mm. A lot of those I would have seen him in. Yeah. Yeah. He's a guy that shows up all over the place. You'll yeah. be like, yeah, that's Fred Ward. Yeah. Does he have much range or is he just kind of like the- Yeah. Yeah, yeah he does. Yeah, he's, he can do funny, he can do drama, he can do like tough guy. Like he's. But even in like The Naked Gun, I remember him still part, kind of like doing the like funny tough guy, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. plays a hard ass a lot. Yeah, Like yeah, he yeah. got a little bit tough cast, but yeah. he's, he's great. He's solid. He's awesome. Finn Carter as Rhonda LeBeck. She's also gorgeous. But, like, she was pretty solid in this movie, and I've never seen her anywhere. That's because she didn't really have much of a career. Oh, she only appears in five movies. All oh, right. And wow. nothing that we would talk about. Yeah, I think she's really good in this. Yeah. She is subtle in her, like, performance. And, yeah, and, I, don't, I yeah. don't know why. She was never in anything else. Nuanced. In 2019, she was arrested for being in a stolen car. And being in possession of 14 credit cards that did not belong to her. So she's had some legal trouble in that's the past couple of years. So I don't know if that's something that had started earlier in her career in terms of her having yeah, issues. That's a real shame. But she's great in this movie. 
She's yeah, fantastic. Big, beautiful eyes too. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, trailers, no trailers. Uh, I don't own this tape because we're having a baby. <laughs> but we can buy it one day. We will definitely buy it one day. There is a beautiful 4K from Arrow Video that I would okay. like to track down. So you said this was a flop in the cinema, mm-hmm. but like when just thinking about it in compared to Flatliners and Flatliners did big, this is like more of a cult movie than Flatliners, I would say. It's almost like sometimes box office is not an indicator of ah, a I've heard of that happening and impact on culture. <laughs> yes, I've heard of this. Yes. Things linger in the culture for different reasons. Yeah. I mean, I understand why Flatliners hit it big with that cast, but like... Yeah, it had a hot cast. If you see hot, this movie, it, as if you're not telling your friend, it's a good movie, go watch it. Yeah, I mean, I was hanging, uh-huh. out, I was hanging out with my, uh, with two of my friends yesterday who don't norm Like, they watch movies, but they're not us. They, yeah. They're just... That regular people who watch regular movies and yeah, they go out of their way. The, yeah. the amount of movies that they have seen that I have not is zero. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And they had seen ter- Tremors. Yeah. And exactly. like knew what it was from the title. One of those movies. That I guess people have seen. I don't know whether maybe there might have been a period of time in Australia where yeah. maybe it was on TV. You reckon it's just Australia? I thought it was I kind of I think it was probably, yeah, I think probably globally, but we're in Australia. Yeah, And true. so. We are? I wouldn't be surprised if this was the kind of movie that like one of the networks had on, you know how they have those movies that like Back to the Future true. used to be on like every year. It's a good TV movie. This yeah. is a good TV movie. So it wouldn't surprise me if like Channel 10 or something had it and just that maybe that's why lots of people have seen it that's, that are our generation. That's pretty spot on. Who's going to recap the premise of Tremors? Ah, uh, fuck. I'll do it. Land Sharks. The movie. The movie. The motion um, picture. Country town, uh, country town, like desert town. Um, and we meet a very small town that's plagued by land sharks and they have to, they have to fight them and get free because they have no contact. That was really long and unnecessary. Land sharks gonna, would have been enough. I was going to say uh, it's not Flora's Lover. It's Flora's Giant Snakes. Yeah. I literally have in my notes Flora's Lover. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> that's because that's what this movie is. Yeah, it really it's is. Flora's Giant Snake Monsters. <laughs> the blockbuster entertainment guide to movies and videos from the year 1998. Tremors. The citizens of a small desert town come under siege by giant sandworms that suck victims into the ground. Terrific old-fashioned creature feature mixes real scares with tongue-in-cheek humor. Likeable cast is supported by excellent monster effects. Four stars. Four Spot stars. on. Spot on. Again, That's pretty, pretty high. Pretty high. I don't think we've had a higher than four in the blockbuster guide. Yeah. yeah. Would we call them what they call them? They're land sharks. Come on. I mean, they don't call them that. They just (laughs) did call them that at one point in the naming convention. Jenna Maslin of the New York Times (gasps) is played by Vincent Camby this week. And in January of 1990, he wrote, Tremors is a jokey attempt to recreate the pleasures of those post-World War II B-pitches about commonplace creatures, ants, worms, flies, whatever, that through some horrible mistake, usually related to radiation, become voracious giants. Because the creatures in Tremors seem never to have been other than what they are, it is not easy to accept them as metaphors for anything except fire hoses running amok, which is what they sometimes <laughs> resemble. <laughs> yeah. At other times, they look like landlocked seals. Tremors wants to be funny, but it spends too much time winking in the audience more than anything else. It looks like the sort of movie that might have been put together so the tourists visiting Universal Studios could see a movie being made. In fact, though, most of Tremors was shot not in the studio, but in the desert. The special effects are quite silly, maybe on purpose. If you have any hankering to see this sort of thing done with real wit and humor, Run to the video store and rent Alligator from 1981, written by John Sales and directed by Lewis Teague. It is a classic of its kind. Boo. Yeah, Vincent yeah. can eat the whole Fucking of my 
Alligator. I don't even gonna finish that. <laughs> alligator. I don't. I've never. Sorry, sorry Alligator. Alligator's been on my watch list for such a long time. It is a iconic cult movie about an alligator in sewer. Oh. And I really want to see it, but I've never seen it, so I can't compare. <laughs> I was about to say, is this the movie that like Archer always jokes about that there's an alligator in a swamp? <laughs> That's Gator. That's, That's Gator. Gator. That's yeah. a Burt Reynolds movie. Yeah, yeah. That movie's a good time. Yeah. Yeah, this movie deserved a better review than that. Fucking I think. Earth. Yeah. The top three movies, The Weekend, The Tremors. plenty funny. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> also, you know what this movie reminds I'll me do, of? I'll just wait. That's fine. You know, we're yeah, we're too, you know. We're riffing. You know what, Dean? <laughs> you know what this movie reminds me of? Like a D&D scenario. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, you could play this movie. Right? Yeah. It would be fucking real good times and like getting up on the roofs I mean, and like the different you do scenarios. Play this. You, it, you it, do. Might, it might be on a list. Yes, <laughs> that would be the best one shot or also, just like. It wouldn't need to be a one shot. I it wouldn't, this it wouldn't need to be a one shot. Okay. I so just realized. When I first came up with Al, because we play a D&D campaign that's set in a modern world that involves a lot of like movie characters and references yes. and stuff. And so when I wrote a list of things that I could do in game, Tremors is on that list. Mad. Please keep it in there. If we ever play again. We're playing in two weeks time and we're God, fucking doing it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what don't we're playing. Don't you dare have a baby in that time. I can't. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how things work. Okay. <laughs> the top three movies the week that Tremors released in January of 1990 were at number one, Born on the 4th of July, starring Tom Cruise no. in its fifth week. To Vietnam. He comes back from uh, Vietnam. Right. Tango and Cash. Ooh, Kurt, yeah. Kurt Russell and Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. On the list. Fuck yeah. In its fifth week. And War of the Roses in its seventh week. A uh-huh. comedy directed by Danny DeVito okay. with Michael Douglas. It's actually a pretty good movie. Is it I'm about the War of the Roses? No, it uses that title. It's about oh. it's about a married couple who are, who are oh, more, a rich feuding. married couple that are feuding. Yeah, right. Yeah. Tremors opened. Wait, wait, wait. Are they called the Roses? I think so. That's yeah. that's pretty good. Yeah. Tremors opened fifth, would fall out of the top ten within two weeks. Yeah, I mean, I'd go see Tango and Cash too. Yeah. To give you a comparison, it took another nine weeks for fourth of, for Born on the 4th of July to fall out of the top ten. Fuck that. Kevin Bacon was so upset by the experience of this movie's release that he thought the movie sucked. Mm. He loved the experience of making the movie, had a really good time, but he figured the end product just didn't didn't work and that he must have made a bad movie. And he never rewatches his movies. Ah. There's, so there's he doesn't some, know that it's good. I mean, there is some glaring plot holes <laughs> and like some issues with like the I'm not saying it's the greatest movie ever made. I'm just yeah. saying that I think if he watched it again, he might find that he 100%. liked it more than he. This movie was one of the most rented videotapes worldwide Fuck in 1990. Yeah. Because of Kevin Bacon. Wow. It is the definition of a cult classic that found its audience on home video. Nice. Which is why we're all fucking talking about it and why your friends know about this movie is because this movie was one of the biggest movies at the peak of video home rental. Mm. And also as you were first starting to buy movies to take them home. Really? I remember as a kid, you walk into somebody's house, you look at their collection of movies they own on VHS and Tremors is in that collection. So so how does it work? Like we've talked about it briefly before, but can you remind me? So would that have done him well? Would that have paid him well? Yeah, he would have got checks. Yeah, okay, mad. But the check goes to his manager and it goes into his account. He doesn't necessarily know where the money came from. So, like, he's walking to the bank with his, with his check, right? Mm. Goes to whoever's taking care of his money. And I probably wonder all how goes he feels into his account it. together, so he might not have known that it comes from that. From that, that, from that, that yeah, yeah. Anyway, sure. So, did he ever find out that it was very popular and that it's okay? I don't know. We'll find out. I feel like he's someone who comes to terms with, like, 
his life now. You know what I mean? He's like, mm. bad movies are still good. Mm. Yeah. And so my backstory for this movie is that like everybody else, I saw this on VHS. We walked into a video store and we rented the movie because yeah, it has nah. a, it's got a cool poster yeah. Yeah. The, of the creature under the ground above uh, with the people above ground. Yeah. yeah. And I remember seeing it for the first time and thinking this was the best movie I'd ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> like Dude, it's such an enjoyable The experience. poster for me is still something like, I hadn't seen it, but the poster is something that I still remember, even yep. in video shops, weirdly. I hadn't seen it for a long time. Maybe I'd revisit it in the early 2000s, but I hadn't seen it. And then for a reason that I'll mention in 2019, I revisited it. I think its influence is still felt today. I think this movie has had a massive in which way? things. My hot take of the week, and the internet can yell at me as much as they fucking want, A Quiet Place is just the homework version of Tremors. Ooh, that's super true. Mm. I don't know if it was inspired or not, but that's so true. Nope is the sky version of Tremors. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. There's giant worm monsters that chase you underground and then pop up and eat you in the Zelda games. Yeah. Yeah. They're fucking everywhere. Well, true. Dune. Yeah. Dune. So, yeah, right. And there's also is that movies, the original, I suppose? There's also a movie called Blood Beach from the early 80s, which Blood has an iconic Beach. cover, which is like now the only place that's safe is in the water. Blood Beach where the water may be the safest place to be. Rated R. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, and it's like creatures underneath the sand that pull you under. Mm. Right. So it's such a good concept. It's a great, it's a great idea. And coming back to Kevin Bacon, after years of ignoring that he had even made this movie, he started to notice people were always asking him about this movie. (laughs) Fuck yeah. And so he rewatched it and he loved it. And it's the his only movie that he rewatches. I love, I love how he's like got it in his notes a little bit, but he's like not going to comment, not going to well, comment. Because yeah. if I get there, you get there too soon. <laughs> Asking me questions, and I have answers. It's just that I'm going to get to them in the context of <laughs> yeah, the things that I'm yeah. saying. That's awesome. I'm yeah. so glad that he figured okay. it out because he had had a bad experience. He doesn't return for any of the sequels. Mm. Right? Yeah, of course. Fred Ward is in the second movie as the lead. Yeah, with another character. That character then takes over the franchise. Uh, right. So Fred Ward is only in the second one? Fred Ward is only in the second one. You need one. that connective tissue. In 2018, he returned to Tremors for the pilot Shut up. of a second go around at a TV show. Shut up. Okay. How to do. That ignored all of the sequels, but it was never ordered to series by sci-fi. Uh, uh, sci-fi has some misses, man. Yeah. Well, then they cancelled The Expanse. Yeah. Like, fuck, they did too. Fuck that up. And then Amazon picked it up, and it's only the reason that there's six seasons of that show. Yeah. Is there six? Yeah. Fuck, I'm such an idiot. I never fucking follow this shit. Yeah. The trailer for the pilot of the TV show was released online, and it looked really good. Uh-huh. I'm, like, really sad that it never went forward. to that hot guy who killed all the graboids. I heard something. I thought you killed all the graboids. So did I. So did the world. But maybe we were wrong. You're trying to live in a memory that doesn't exist anymore because everything else has changed. Couldn't pass up a chance to be the hero again. Okay, fine. You all bury your heads in the sand, which, if I'm right, is a really stupid place to put your heads. 
Right, there must be some other explanation. We've had false alarms before. Are you okay? Are you all right? That's what made me come back to revisiting the first the first movie. Right, because right. you saw the trailer. It looked like the Top Gun Maverick of Tremors movies. <laughs> Meaning that in the in the pilot, Val has never moved away from perfection. Right. And he's dealing with his estranged daughter from Rhonda. Right. His relationship with his estranged daughter. He's like the old hero, the old yeah. gunslinger. Yeah. Right. And then monsters come back. Perfect. And it would have been set over a short period of time. It would have been set over the course of like 72 hours, the whole run of the series. Yeah. And they had planned on having Fred Ward return as Earl in the last episode. Wow. This sounds fantastic. I I can't believe that they didn't go forward with it. I have another story about a Tremor sequel that never happened that I just briefly want to tell. Okay. So after four, Maddock and Wilson wrote a fifth movie that would have moved the action to Australia. Dope. <laughs> where Indigenous Australians had been hunting oh my God. the monsters for hundreds of years and had figured out how to I just herd got them. goosebumps. Yeah. They had written a couple of they'd written a couple of drafts, but it never went into production. Universal ended up uh can- canceling the series because the fourth one had not done as well. That's so such a strong idea. If you want to know more about that, there's a great article by none other film nerd in his Unseen Hollywood series, and I will link to it in the show notes. It also has expert uh, excerpts of the script and dives into more detail of the 2018 pilot. I really well. have been thinking about this because I saw a trailer for a new indigenous film that's coming out. There's not many films that are like pre-colonial Aboriginal, right? There's a few. Yeah, but like then they're not many. You no. know what I mean? When you think about the mythology it's and a lot the, of stories though. Yeah, yeah. But we're like when you think about the the way that like Native American culture has been like mythologized and like written into in other cultures like pre-colonial That's like, because Australia doesn't have a, a Western mythology the way that America does. America has this this idea of manifest destiny and moving west and the that being a heroic thing that that, you know, frontier and pioneers. And we didn't do that. We just came here and No, like so why would that why would that make them mythologize? Because like- most of most of the depiction of uh, you have to also think that most of the depiction of North American indigenous cultures yeah. is tied to the West. Is tied to westward expansion. Oh, I get you. Right? Yeah, There's yeah, also not yeah, a lot of yeah. movies just about just about indigenous people. Yeah, you're right. Right, you're prey, right. Prey is kind of like the exception that's, to the rule. That's yeah. That's 100 what I've been thinking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just this week, Kevin Bacon tweeted that he is ready and waiting for the call to return to Tremors. Oh, All right. he's such a good man. So he would come back. Yeah, as I mentioned, there's a 4K 
Blu-ray that you can hunt down. It's got a good making of. That's where most of my sourcing for this came from, was from, from making ofs. And there's like various ones. There's one from 1990 and then there's a new one for the Arrow, for the Arrow Blu-ray and stuff. The funny thing is, is because so many of his characters are like so like kind of arsehole I had such a bad view of Kevin Bacon when I was younger. And then like it took him being a bad guy in some modern movie to be like, oh, he's a good actor. And like yeah. kind of look into him and he's actually such a legend. Yep. Such a good guy. And mm. you can rent Tremors everywhere digitally and buy it digitally if that's your vibe. But, you know, physical media for everyone. <laughs> Shall we talk our way through Tremors? Yes, please. Yeah. The opening shot of this movie is fucking superb. Yep. For multiple reasons. For starters, we open with Val taking a piss near the edge of Chekhov's cliff. Mm. Oh. The opening shot of this movie sets up the geography for the end of the movie. Oh, my God. The first fucking shot. Oh. Fucking hell. You see the rock outcrop that they're on. You see the cliff, the fence. He's taking a piss where, where the end, movie ends. Amazing. That's yeah. fantastic. It's, yeah. it's a matte painting. That cliff does not exist. Oh. Val walks over to the back of his pickup truck to wake up Earl, who does not wake. Uh, they're handymen. They're out in the middle of, the, of nowhere working on a fence, and clearly they just stay out there because it's easier than, than heading back into town. Yeah. Val wakes up Earl by faking a stampede. <laughs> Earl's not impressed. He was in a stampede once. He starts telling the story. I was in a stampede once. 300 head going hell bent for the horizon. Now, exactly how many cows are required for a stampede, Earl? I mean, is it like three or more? Is, is there a minimum speed? Stampede up your ass. So instantly you know who these fucking dudes are. And then I fucking love this setup. Val checks his clothes for smokes, and so does Earl. Val finds the smokes, and Earl finds the lighter because they share a lighter. It's so <laughs> fucking good. It is one of the best, like you yeah, you kind of know who these characters are from the way they interact at the start. But the cigarette bit shows how they're like they're just in brothers. each other's pockets. They are they are Two halves of the same person. They are one of the greatest screen couples of all time. They really are. <laughs> they really are. And I love how it's reoccurring. Yeah. They play rock, paper, scissors about who's going to cook breakfast. Mm. I like that this comes back. Did yeah. you guys notice something? He does the same twice. Earl plays scissors every single time. Does he? <laughs> Until the end of the movie. <laughs> ah, shit. He always plays scissors. That's such a good deep character moment because that means Kevin Bacon's losing on purpose. I think so. <laughs> yeah. They work the fence. Earl gets his hand hung up on some barbed wire and Val's hammering. Yeah, it's so bad. It takes him 10 shots to hit the <laughs> staple. And Fred Ward's reaction is gold. Apparently... That's all Kevin Bacon. That's just Kevin Bacon being bad at hammering. <laughs> on purpose. Uh, on purpose. He talks about, on one of the making ofs, he's like, I'm not that bad at hammering. Like, <laughs> I'm doing a bit. <laughs> uh, that's fucking gold. It's so good. I love it. This oh. whole opening sequence is fucking a masterpiece, man. Yeah. They're on the road. They talk about today's agenda. It's garbage day. Val wants to do, they've got a, a linome, a lino, uh, they've got a flooring job. Linoleum. 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 Job for Bert and Heather. It's closer, but Earl tells Val he's not thinking ahead. If they do the garbage job today, they get paid for the garbage job today and they've got to have a plan. Having a plan is very important. Yeah. <laughs> Off the road, Val spots a truck. It must be that new grad student he's heard about, and she's a girl. 
That takes a sharp turn yep. off the road. Apparently the first time that they did this, they broke the axles of that truck. Yeah, they they're fuck fucking that, going they hard, that man. that truck up. So they had to repair the truck. Yeah. What I love about this is they start off-road and then- Well, they're on a dirt. Destroyed, and then a, they're like, how can we leave town? As they're driving towards this person, Val is listing the attributes of his dream girl. You will have long blonde hair, big green eyes, world-class breasts, that won't quit and legs that go all the way up. It's a strong character piece, eh? Yeah, he's very disappointed when it's Rhonda because she's a nerd. Yeah. She's fucking beautiful. She <laughs> is. They, they put zinc like, on her nose. Yeah, so to make cute, her, man. To, to make her an algo. It's like, <laughs> oh no. My God. It's not how that works. With the little, like, they archaeology well like, cap. Put, and may as well put glasses eyes. on her and put her hair up. Yeah, right? <laughs> so that later we can have her take her glasses off and put her hair down. And she's so cute how she, like, touches it at the end. She's like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> She's up here for the semester. Geography, geology, seismology. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she asks if anyone is drilling or blasting around. She's got some strange readings. Schools had this device up here for three years and they've never gotten anything like this. And uh, they'll ask around for her. Three years and you've never had anything on the seismograph. Mm. Don't worry about it. Like <laughs> <laughs> it matters. Back on the road, Earl gives Val shit that he never goes for any girl unless it meets his stupid list. Like his ex, Tammy Lynn Baxter. <laughs> Like, that's what I'm confused about. Is there more than eight people in this town? (laughs) Well, we see a sign. Perfection, population 14. Oh, right. It's 14. 14. So we just assume the other other half of the town are just gone? Well, no, there's 14. There's a full count. In the movie? Yes. Oh. (laughs) Maybe I just can't count. No, you cannot. (laughs) You're probably not counting. I guess maybe they count old Fred and Edgar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. I, I mean, I don't know why they wouldn't. Kira, do you recognise these mountain ranges? Oh dear, I feel like I'm supposed to. Do they feel familiar? Did this movie have a vibe that felt familiar? I mean, yeah, but I thought that was because I had seen it before. Yeah, I mean, those mountains look iconically American. And they like, do. I feel like I've seen a plane fly along them. Okay. This whole town is a set built for the movie. Oh, okay. shit. That's a complete build. Oh, the town, yeah. Down that, of perfection. That, yeah. Right? It was built south of Lone Pine in California, which is near Owens Lake. It's a dry lake bed. On the other side of Owens Lake is another small town, even smaller town. Lone Pine's kind of like the like hub. Lone Pine. Lone hub. Pine. It's not a big city, but it's, but it's big, right, compared to other towns. On the other side of the lake is a smaller town called Keela. And if you head from Keela up into the mountains, you will find the historic ghost town of Cerro Gordo. Cerro Gordo? Yes. It's right near Cerro Gordo. It's an hour away from Cerro Gordo. You oh are looking at the mountain ranges that Cerro Gordo is in for most of the movie. Right. Now, that needs some explanation for Brody and yeah. for everybody else. So <laughs> Kira and I watch a YouTube, mostly me, but Kira and I watch a YouTube channel called Ghost Town Living about a dude named Brent that bought a ghost town. Hello there. My name is Brent, and this is the abandoned mining town of Cerro Gordo. Back in the 1800s, this used to be the largest silver mine in California's history. There used to be hundreds of buildings and thousands of residents. These days, it's my home. I've been living up here for the past three years, doing stuff like exploring abandoned mines, fixing up old buildings, going on hikes, and a lot more. And in this video, (laughs) I am very excited about this video because we begin something that I've been looking forward to for a very, very long time. Oh, I've heard of this guy. He bought a ghost town. Him and some of his like influencers, social media, entrepreneur, startup-y friends, they bought this ghost town. During COVID, the caretaker needed to go away and take care of his wife. So Brent 
went to Cerro Gordo thinking that he would stay there for a couple of months and get away from COVID. Yeah. He got snowed in, ended up oh, being shit. stuck there for like four months. And then he decided to stay. And so he makes YouTube videos about him bringing the town back to life. He does mine adventures. He they're real building, shit, they're right? Rebuilding yeah. structures. And it's awesome. It's great. It's fantastic. Mad. What's Does, it called? Uh, Ghost Town Living. Ghost Town Living. Yep. I'm going to check it out. It's awesome. I need another YouTube hole to fall down. <laughs> yep. You're looking at like Sarah Gordo. That's Sarah for, Gordo. That's awesome. Well, the mountain range is yeah, where Sarah Gordo yeah. is in. Yeah. That's awesome. Iron Man Afghanistan sequence mm. also shot in the same place. Right. So when you see the bomb, he does the Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. That thing with the bomb. There's a massive explosion behind him. That's basically almost the same spot in where. Are you talking about is. when he gets out of the cave in the first suit with the Humvee attack? Oh yeah, yeah, with the, the Jericho Humvee's missile. Blob, that's yeah. all the that's all the same same place. Sure, 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 yeah, sure, sure. Back with the movie. The boys drove into town and park out front of Chang's store. It kind of acts as like the town square. It's a grocery store. It's also a bar. And it's also where grandpa lives. It's also where grandpa lives, yeah. <laughs> grandpa! We'll talk about it in a second. Outside, a kid, Melvin's bouncing a basketball. Melvin is the little brother from Iron Eagle. Oh, shit. Robert he James. Too. He is too. I mentioned it on the Iron Eagle episode that we would Fuck. see him again in Tremors. Ah. He a big boy now. So yeah. I can pay off. He has still acted a little bit after this. I think he's in one of the sequels. He made his fortune in real estate. Okay. Smart. And was part of a card counting team that is now blacklisted from Vegas. <laughs> is he what the movie 21 is about? No, no different. That was that was um, university students. Ah. Uh, I love Touch That Truck and Die. Melvin. Melvin. Touch That Truck and Die. <laughs> yeah. Well, inside we meet some of the uh, 14. Yes, Chang is the one and only Victor Wong. Yeah, the Egg, man. Egg the Chen myth. from Big Trouble in Little China. The legend. Yeah, fucking grandpa from... Those movies. And obviously we've seen him. We saw him in Prince of Darkness. Yeah, boy. Burak in, in Prince of Darkness. He right. had nothing to do in this movie, but he made little bits shine. He's, he's Victor Wong. He's great yeah. everywhere. Yeah. We meet Bert Gummer, played by Michael Gross. He's the dad from Family Ties. I bet we've been together for a million years. I grew up with him as. That's who that is. I grew up with him as Alex P. Keaton's yeah. Michael J. Fox's dad in Family Ties. I knew is I that knew the that bunker, face. That Doomsday Prepper. Yes. Yeah. I knew I knew that face. I just could not pick where. It's from. the mustache. This movie was a complete left turn for him. It changed his entire career. Really? Yeah. He'd never been in anything like this before. Yeah. Because he's a manly man in different. this, and he's like the most like kind, sensitive dad in family, yeah. In yeah. family ties. Yeah. yeah. He finished the very final episode of Family Ties. There was one day break. And then he started shooting Tremors. Wow. It was his Hexy. next, he booked his next job. He's the only cast member that is in all seven Tremors movies. Ah, oh, dope. That's nice. Well, you that need that man back. to take down some land sharks. He took him down. So he, after the second movie, he becomes the dominant character. All right. He's the lead in the third movie. Awesome. He plays his own ancestor in the fourth movie. <laughs> and then he continues on through, wait, wait, through wait. the rest is of the Is the fourth movie. movie like an ancient prequel? The fourth prequel? movie is a prequel <laughs> set, in yes. the old, so set in the old West. Love that shit. Yes. Fuck, that's genius. <laughs> Heather Gummer is country and western star Reba, Reba. Reba. Reba McIntyre. And she, I didn't know and she, she was, was country western yeah, star yeah. at the time. Yeah? This is her first movie. Yeah. This is her first acting role. I was introduced to her from her brief like TV show. She had a sitcom. Yeah. 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 It was on in the afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Put two hands in the heart of a fighter. I'm a survivor. 
yeah. And she's really good in this too. She's, she's great. She's fantastic. She has just an iconic voice. Hey? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's yeah. really naturalistic in this. Like yeah. She's just really good. She's really Does good. not swing for the fences. She has some dialogue that is like questionable and she sells all of it. Yeah. 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 They chat about Rhonda and her issues with the seismographs. Val and Earl knockbacks and br- some lunch beers. Lunch beers. Lunch beers are, I it's mean, good. a way of life. And we learn that Bert and Heather are anti-government World War Three preppers. <laughs> I'm going to talk about it later. I don't want to talk about it now. Can I just say, like, <laughs> shout out to Doomsday Preppers. Like, they they are fascinating people who bring a little bit of craziness to the world. But one day, one day, they are going to be right, people. We just have to face facts. <laughs> mm, I have some strong opinions. One day the world's going to blow up. Yeah, okay. I don't know how much canned food is going to help them in that circumstance. Uh, neither do I. <laughs> yeah. Chang's fridge has a bad bearing that... Causes it to start making noise. I'm sure that won't matter later. Nah. He wants Val and Earl to check it out, but they're going to go. Earl explained it. They plan ahead so they don't have to do anything now. Mm. (laughs) Going back, it's great. And the desert with Rhonda, the ground begins to shake. How good is, like, the old uh, stuff moving under the ground effect? I love it in every movie I see. Craft pod. Yeah. Massive craft pot incoming. You know what I love as well is the thing that I always go back to. Do you guys remember the show Sliders? Yes. There was an episode where like they went to this universe where there's stuff moving under the ground and it was never like physical effects. But in this movie, it's all physical effects and it looks so fucking good. Yeah, this movie holds up. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. She's burying sensors for more seismographs. As she heads back to her truck, we get tremor vision. It's like Jaws. Yeah, except you can't see anything except ground. It's it's really clever because it means that you can do the creatures without seeing the creatures because you're seeing kind of like their point of view, right? In saying that, they get shown very early in this movie. No, they don't. You don't reckon? No. I feel like they do. It's like 40 minutes. Is it? Yes. This movie fucking flies by, hey? It does. Yes, yeah. it's very breezy. And there's a few shots in this movie, the kind of like tremor vision POV stuff. Mm. Also feels very Sam Raimi. Feels very much Deadites POV shots coming through the woods in Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2. Okay. Over at the tip, Earl jumps off the big dose of the cat and he and Val take a break. They sit in front of the trailer for later. See, this is a fucking D&D game. Everything, every little like thing that every, they use is just like throughout the environment. You know yeah. what I mean? This movie is exactly what I talk about in terms of spatial awareness. Spatial shit. awareness and also setup and payoff. Yeah. Like the setup and the, all the setup is effortless. Yeah. It's just there. Yeah. It doesn't, they don't draw attention to it, but you understand. So true. Val talks about how bearing trash is low and they need to set their sights higher. Cut to them emptying a septic tank at Melvin's place. Do you guys wonder where Melvin's parents are? I was thinking that. Yes. Yeah, actually. Yeah. I assume that he is older than we think. No. No, no, no. no. Originally, there was dialogue that explained that he's left alone a lot because his parents are always in Vegas. Oh. Right. So he's basically neglected. He's like the town's kid. Right. That's right. cool. So I do like that. his parents count in the count of 14? Yes. Oh. oh. That's fucking clever. Earl and Val bicker about why they're still trapped in perf- perfection and they get covered in spraying shit. Yeah, so good. I love how they're like talking about how like we deserve better in life and they've got this fucking kid heckling them. Yeah. And then when they just like, shut up, kid, you don't know anything, they get covered in his shit. Yeah. And it's just like, get shit on. Yep. And that's it. They're out. They're packing up their truck. Val's yep. taking his favorite vacuum cleaner. <laughs> 
love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Why do you need it? No, I, love that they have, I love that they have like side-by-side trailers. Yeah. With like a little fence dividing it. Their little, their little shacks area, I don't know what you would call it, is just nothing said about it. We don't get to explore it, but it's just so right. Yeah. I can't explain it. As they are pulling out, Nancy, another resident, stops them. She's played by Charlotte Stewart. She's mostly a TV actor, but she is Bobby Briggs's mother in Twin Peaks. Drink. There you go. Always a way. There's always a way to connect. <laughs> she wants to hire them to build a pottery kiln for her. It's about a month's work. Pogoing up the street is her daughter, Mindy. When the pogo stick happened, that's when I realised I had seen this film. Because you remembered the pogo I stick. I remembered the pogo stick. I remembered the little girl on the pogo stick. I also remembered the little girl, but not from this movie. That is Ariana Richards yep. from Jurassic Park. Yeah, boy. She's the girl from Jurassic Park. Is and that the third time she's in this pod now? And... Spaced Invaders. We have seen her in the trailer for Spaced Invaders ah. and the trailer for that reindeer movie. Yeah, 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 So they yeah. were on the same tape. Oh, right. Okay, right. okay. So, yeah, it's the third time we've talked about her, but in two different episodes. Yeah. She offers them lunches. She'll throw in lunches and free beer, but nope. I mean, if that's the only work they have to do for the next month, like, why no. wouldn't they stay, right? they got to get out. Yeah, true. They head out of the valley. They did it. There's nothing between them and Bixby. Nothing. Bigsby. I love how they're like the Bix- slightly bigger. Bixby. Bixby. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. You thought it was Bigsby? Yeah, I thought like the slightly bigger town was called Bigsby. You know, they go into the city kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah, because it's big. Yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> they're almost out. Val spots a dude up a power tower. It's Edgar. He recognizes the jacket. He only wears that one jacket. I love how like the mysteriousness just gets sprinkled in a little bit. And like, Mm. why was he out there? And even us as the audience, we know what's going on a little bit. We know there's a monster, but we don't have an explanation for this. No. He's kind of the town drunk. So they figure that he, you know, got a load on and and climbed up there. So got a load on. I'm going to use that. Yeah. They rock off. Val loses. Yeah, they so rock off. That's such an Australian thing. Rock off. Yeah. Do I need to put the content warning? I think you do, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm coming. And uh, Egg is dead. Egg is just up there dead. This freaked the shit out of me as a kid. And he's holding onto the rifle like a fucking badass still. My memory is that his eyes were missing. His eyes are not missing. No, he's very crusty though. I d- yeah. And it's just one of those things where I have like this image in my head, but it's a fake image. I made it up. <laughs> but also like, I love how they're like handymen, but also like they're just the people who go about town like doing things. Yeah. Well, so they what, like see what, someone up the that's, pole. That's what handymen do. But like <laughs> handymen in my mind get called to like, I don't know, fix some drywall or yeah. something like that. But they just drive about someone's up the pole. Well, I guess we got to climb up and get him. Yeah, kind of, I, I guess. Mean, part of that is that he's their friend. Yeah, yeah, they know him. Town good guys, I suppose. Yeah, they take the body to Doc and his wife. They are fairly new residents. They're building a place that's just outside of town. Oh, we do see them interact with the doctors before that. Yeah, the Doc and his Fuck, wife. Fuck, yeah, okay. So they're sleeping in an RV. Edgar died of dehydration, which takes three or four days. I mean, he sat up there and died of thirst, <laughs> How? which is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, such a good terrible, detail. But- Awesome. But also, like, he's a town drunk, dies of thirst, and that yes. shows how fucking scared he was to come down. Yeah. Yeah. yeah fucking. Yeah. And it sets up later. So good. It sets something up for later. I love yes. everything has a, every, what everything. I love about this movie. Yeah. Everything in this movie so has a purpose. True. At a sheep farm. Who the fuck is farming sheep out here? Yeah. Who has grass to fucking feed them? Old Fred. He's tending his. Veggie, Old Fred. He's tending his veggie patch when his sheep stir. I love the. The fake out 
you think something's going to happen to the sheep. Yeah. And then he just gets sucked out of frame. Yeah. Oh, it's so good too. The reveal later, fucking perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On a seismograph, we see the needle moving. Yeah. And Rhonda goes to check it out. Val and I are back on the road. That's it. Then now they're getting out. Yeah. Not come back. We're done. We we did we, we did a good deed. They're heading through a pass and they see a road crew. On the other side of the pass, they find Fred's farm. His sheep are dead. and But they find his hat. <laughs> yeah. So they see all the sheep decimated and yeah, you got to go inspect it because like someone crazy isn't there fucking just butchering shit. You get out of your car and you go and look what's going on. That's a safe thought. And then they lift the hat. So good. To is, find is, this, is this effects? It's just, or do you buried, reckon he just buried a man? Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. Because like. It could be a prosthetic head. But it's, yeah. it's fucking bit terrifying. Hey. It's great. The they, effects work. Is it, do you have anything on the guys who did the effects work? No. No. But like you haven't you said it I yet. You I haven't said it yet. I, I didn't do that. I didn't. I know no. you do. I thought you I were going to do that. <laughs> I thought. We, I want to talk about it. Uh, we'll get to it when we get to I it. I know. Just mm, chomp, champing at the bit. Set up. <laughs> on their way back through the past, they tell the road crew that there's a killer on the loose, but they don't, they're kind of driving past. They don't really believe him. Yeah. Get the hell out of here. There's a killer on the loose. What? A murderer, man, a real psycho. He's, 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 he's cutting people's heads off. I'm not kidding. They're pulling our chain. Yeah. Dude, jackhammering hits something that bleeds oh, in the ground. So the blood good. bubbles up. It's yes. so good. And the jackhammer takes off with a scream and the guy gets tangled in the cable for the for the jackhammer and gets pulled up and over. Fucking brilliant. Where you hear him in, you hear him die. The other guy goes to investigate and there's a rock fall and the pass gets closed off. Yeah, boy. So the jackhammer is built on a track. Oh. How did they get the road to pop out, though, as it goes along? It actually doesn't go on the road. Oh. There's, like, dirt and stuff. There's actually no, t- there's no, like, tarmac. You don't oh. see it go through tarmac. You see it go through dirt. Huh. It's on a track, and it's being pulled by a cable attached to a truck. Right. So it just goes through the... Through like the- on the other side of the hill there. Well, you only really see the jackhammer go around the corner, and then you see dust spread. This is the other thing about this movie. It's like... There's a bunch of stuff you don't actually, you think you see that you don't see. Yeah, fuck, I love they that. They just do like dust into the air. Yeah. Fuck, it's such a solid effects movie. Yep. The weird thing is, is it's like the effects quality is such a good monster movie level. Yeah. But it's, I wouldn't really call it a monster movie. What would you call this it? This is a monster movie. This you is reckon? 100% a monster movie. But there's, there's no like, the fear isn't like Jump scares and like it doesn't scares. have to be jump scares to be a monster movie, but no, there are there are jump scares. I know jump scares. There are scary there, sequences. Are we're get, we're about to talk to, okay. talk about one in a second. Okay. Back at Chang's, Miguel and Nessa are there. They're two other residents. Some of Miguel's cattle have gone missing. Which is a line of dialogue. Jeez, I wonder what happened. Yeah. Uh, Val and Earl are back. Can't get out. They tell everyone about old Fred and they try to use the phone, but it's out. Nesta tells Val and Earl they need to head to Bixby. And bring back the cops. Val thinks they left they left it one day too late to leave perfection. Correct. <laughs> Which is absolutely correct. Now, we're just going to go wait, past. Wait, wait, wait. 
Earl's response. He tells them there's nothing to stop them now. Everyone they know between here and Bixby is already dead. Yeah, <laughs> great call. Are we just going to go past the fact that they all have four-wheel drives and don't need a road? What do you mean they don't need a road? Because, like, at the start of the movie, they're not riding on a road. Yeah, they are. No, they're not. They they're they like get onto out- the they get onto the freeway. Yeah, the dirt yeah. Road, the dirt road. But they're driving on something else before that. Yeah, true. They go off it to but go meet the woman. But I'm confused about what you. So later, because the road's out and they can't get out of town now. Yeah, they correct. Say. Yeah, but can't they just drive around the bit that's out? It's a pass. It's a mountain pass. It's the only way out of the valley. There's oh, literally dialogue about it later. Oh right, I there's get literally. It geography talk later exposition lays out why they can't leave the valley yeah i didn't realize it's like like there's a drop or like a hill on each side yeah okay i get you now (laughs) there's literally dialogue later that says there's mountains on three sides and a cliff on the other yeah there is i i remember that i remember that yeah okay i get you i get you i get you Stop it. Stop looking at me like that. Oh. I'm a smart boy sometimes. Okay. <laughs> Consistency is not my thing. <laughs> the boys go back out. They find the pass blocked and a hard hat with some brains in it. Yeah. There is no other road out of perfection. Where are you guys? It's not like there's another road, asshole. Yeah. They get back in the truck. Val does like a three-point turn to turn it around, but they get hung up. I love this. The bickering. Yeah. You're going you're gonna to break an axle. Yeah. But I also love what it actually, like yeah. the introduction we get yeah, yeah, to yeah. seeing what it is. They gun it and they get loose. Yeah. But they're back in town again. Yeah. The whole fucking, back at Chanks, the whole town. It's like there. a bad nightmare. It's hey. so good. Yeah. Like, I love that they're just, they just want to leave town. Yeah. If they had left two hours earlier. Yeah. <laughs> Solo. Oh, Agus still would have been there. But still, <laughs> they tell everyone the road's out and Mindy notices a snake creature is wrapped around the truck's axle. I mean, if a snake creature is holding your truck in place. They do talk about how strong it must be. Yeah. yeah. Fuck. Bert pulls it loose. <laughs> they negotiate with Chang. Chang buys it for 15 bucks. I know. Fucking fools. I mean, they figured that out, but like, you've just made a discovery here, boys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Must be what's killing people. Some kind of mutation. Uh, and there must be more of them out there. <laughs> I don't know how you don't freak the hell out. They're so casual. It's a giant snake. Yeah, they're well, so they're like kinda. they're so like not country, but like you know, like oh yeah, there's something killing shit. We've got to handle it. Yeah, it's just part of their day. At nighttime, at the doc's place, he and his wife talk about how great the view is, and maybe they should not build a, a roof on their place so they can look at the stars. Oh my god! Did anyone just like? I mean, yeah, this is format. We know what's about to happen. But, like, this is, like, the scene where it's like, hi, we're the happiest family that ever could have been. <laughs> like, oh, don't we just love each other so much? And aren't we just so happy? We wouldn't want to change anything. Nothing bad could ever happen to us. <laughs> the generator dies and the lights go out. <laughs> Where's it gone? It's weird. When they check it, it's been sucked into the ground. <laughs> Pulls the cord out and it's been snapped. I fucking love this stuff. This, yeah. I love this sequence. I think this is a brilliantly directed and put together sequence. Yeah. Like I just love this 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 whole scene. So could have been a cave in. There's lots of mines around here. Mm. Whatever is under the ground spits out the generator. <laughs> could be a gu- shoots it up. Could be a geyser. Yeah. Because of the smell. <laughs> and then Doc is pulled under the ground screaming as his wife tries to save him. And it goes on for a long time. Does a little bit. Yeah. It really does. Yep. 
It's fantastic. It's so good because you think she's about to get away too. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Well, yeah. So, because you don't know, well, I didn't know how big they were, right? Right. And I figured there was a big one, but I you didn't. Because you, you don't know what the, you, so you're finding it, oh, this is fucking fantastic because you're finding it out as like oh, the original people, 100%. the original audience would. And that's why when I saw the snake, I made the thing, I was like, they've shown us so early what the, what the thing is. Yeah, but they haven't. They haven't shown you what it is. And the movie takes its time and reveals things in pieces. And there's that misdirect, right? It educates you in pieces. Yeah, and there's that misdirect, right? So you, when this sequence is going down, you're like, oh, so what it is is a mass of little creatures. Yeah. And then when shit goes down, you're like, well, are the little creatures making this big hole? And you start to question what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, one of the snakes comes out. Doc's wife runs for their station wagon. She gets in, but she doesn't have the keys. Doc must have had the keys. She Mm. bumps the radio on. Yeah. And the snakes attack and then seem to kind of back up. Those snakes are hand puppets. Ah. I thought some of them would have been because, like, this is – is this too early for, like, the servos and, like, controlling – Animatronics have this for a very long time. Right, okay. Yes. I felt like they were just too good. This is a low-budget movie. So we really? will talk about the big land sharks are fucking impressive. I want to talk to, about them when they come out. <laughs> it's the second time you've said it. We'll, we'll get there. Okay. Yeah. They pull the whole fucking station wagon under. Yeah. It's fucking great. So good. I'm- so that effect didn't actually work the way it was meant to. Okay. So they had problems with it. So the way that it was done was that there was a, they dug a pit, but they filled the pit with water. And then on top of it is this kind of like dirt, dirt material. that's yeah. not made of dirt. It's some type of um, gritty thing. I can't remember what it is, right? <laughs> it's some kind of sand it's, dirt. Yeah. It's like, but it doesn't, it also doesn't get wet. Like yeah. it's like a, it's so hydrophobic. Yeah. Right. So it's, I can't remember oh, what the, that like sand stuff that you like put in water and you can make magic sand. sand. Yeah. Magic yeah sand. Kind of magic sand yeah. stuff. Right. And so what was meant to happen was that they would like pull the car, the car in but what happened was is that the it kept on getting too hard like the material was reacting with the water so we, and then you, it would we harden like it, it was harden like c- it would harden like cement oh yeah so they're having all kinds of problems with it i think it might have been weather related weather related anyway so yeah you don't see the car go all the way and you see the, the back go in and it gets pulled yeah. in kind of like half the shots in the car you, you don't you don't see her in the car from the outside, do you? No. So you see her in the car, the windows break and dirt comes in. That's yeah. probably done in a studio. Yeah, yeah. I'd imagine so. Because if it's going into cement, you wouldn't want to be her. Mm-hmm. We, get, we get a shot of the headlights so pointing good. up at the sky from that's, the um, That's the only thing in this movie that is like clearly very fake. Yeah, but, uh, well, there's a couple of optical skies. So when they're sitting looking at the sky, all those stars are put in light. Or put in light yeah, 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 sure. Yeah, there's quite a few of those. You can see the... You'd see like this tiny little glow on the edge of the mountains and it's like, well, that's where the matte line is. Ah. But there's only like two or three like optical composites and that's one and that's one of them. Okay. Yeah, I think it's one of the best like scare kills in this any, in any and film. the discovery later, I think are the strongest part of the parts of the movie. Chang is charging three bucks to have your photo taken with the snake thing. Oh, Chang, slick as snot and I ain't lying. Fifteen lousy bucks. <laughs> Man of plans ahead. <laughs> and they're realizing that they've made a mistake. Yeah, yeah. I love them. They're like, 15 bucks. What the fuck were we thinking? Everyone's there. Bert wants to arm everyone and stand guard. Walter has a CB radio, but it doesn't reach outside the valley. They Is that a thing? Can it not make it over the mountain? Yeah, mountains can get in the way. Rock and granite 
It right. can get in the okay. way of radio I mean, waves. You Especially lose GPS when, you're when you're in the middle of the city because of the tall, tall buildings. It's kind of, I assume it's sort of the same That's, situation. Yeah. We, have, point. we have like terrible phone reception in this building. We have to go outside because the walls of this building. But I thought sort of CB redundant. radios were like the ones that like would never lose. No. No? no okay. Of course. They have a limited range and they can't penetrate through. Right. They're also broadcasting. They're not broadcasting from up high. They're broadcasting from the sure, ground. Sure, sure, And they are completely cut off. Bert lays out the geography. Cliff yes, North. okay. Mountains in every other direction. What are they going to do? Walk the 38 miles to Bixby? Chang has some horses. Also, Who? though, like, isn't that the best way to not make vibrations? Just take very slow They don't steps. know yet. Yeah, they true. They don't know yet. True. They need to do the dune walks. Who's, from- who's the best on a horse? Everyone looks at Ballinell. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because they're cowboys. Because they're cowboys. Yeah. yeah. It, it's dawn and they're mounting up. They rock off for an old <laughs> colt and Edgar's old rifle. Val ends up with the rifle. Yep. Bert and Heather come back with guns. Yeah. Heather sees. Also, <laughs> they're fucking driving and they're talking about taking horses. Yeah, what? Val and, uh, not Val and Earl, um, the Doomsday Preppers. What are their names again? Yeah, Bert and Heather. Yeah, Bert and Heather drive up. So while they're I settling. don't understand what your issues with driving. We it's can't take like, the. Oh we my can't, god, it's the same as the Like you, you're, that just dawned so on me. <laughs> earlier on in the podcast, earlier on the podcast, you said to me, "Oh, listen, like glaring pot, plot holes," and I was like, "This movie's fucking airtight as <gasps> shit." Like this shit. movie is so airtight. Like we just explained to you the why features. they can't get out <laughs> because there's no road. It's not the fucking cars, dude. <laughs> It's not because of the monsters yet. It's because of the roads. I just realized. Okay, thank you guys. Like you just, <laughs> man. Welcome back, Brody. We didn't have this problem last week. Um, shit. Heather sees the she little cult that huh? I know that so Earl bad. has and gives and gives Earl her model seventy rifle so that he has a better rifle than Val. Val, yeah. of course, gives him a look like oh, I'm the rifle. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Earl just gives him a little it's smirk. Like the barbarians, <laughs> I want the axe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're going to stop by docks on the way to make sure that they're uh, they're okay or that they have left for Bixby and they ride out. This this footage, I don't know if it happened anywhere else, but maybe it was just very clear to me because they're like being the cowboy types riding horses, this footage looked like exactly like the old Westerns. You oh, yeah. know what I mean? And it's like- This movie's a Western. Yeah, but like there was like the grain was the same. And I was just wondering if that was intentional. Just low light. Ah, uh, of course. Film. Sure, sure, sure. Sure, 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 sure. faster film stock, faster film stock is grainier. Yep, right. Yep. Okay. At Docks, there's no one around, but there is some music playing. Car's gone. They must have just missed him. But where's the golden oldie coming from? <laughs> that was the best line ever. I did not realize that was diegetic. Yes. Diegetic music until they said that, and it's such a good reveal. Yeah, they find the headlights of the car buried in the ground. Yeah. It's fucking great. Yeah. <laughs> so Fucking good. so good. Riding across the desert, the horses get spooked. Earl's horse gets pulled down, and Val's thrown off, and his horse bolts. The snake creatures attack the horse. This looks pretty rough for that horse. Yeah. Yeah. So the horse is trained to, it's a, like a stunt horse that's trained yeah, to like they, fall over and stay can, on the ground. Yeah. I didn't stuff. even think of this. Yeah. But yeah, there's a, so when it, when the snake bites it, that's a fake horse. It's not a real, no real horse, but right. it still looks a little rough for that horse. Yeah. Doesn't look like a nice time for the pony. No. In, in like Westerns generally, would they train them to act like they're being hurt? Is that what would happen? So you get, you can train a horse to like lay down on cue and then you, it, you can basically kind of like 
teach it to do tricks. That yeah, you can. Like- so there are people who have trained their their horses to basically act like dogs, like roll over, roll over. mad, yeah. and stuff. And yeah. So in like, but in older movies, older movies they wouldn't. okay. So well, like when like about horses this about flexed and they fall down. Yeah, so these are just flex horses, right? So. They used to use like trip wires. And oh, all, like fuck. That just turned my get, stomach. Yeah, horses. You see, like, not by 1990, but in the 60s, 70s. And, 70s, and really? Even in some part of the 80s. Okay. In westerns, they used to just fucking flex horses. Like, right. they used, like trip wires. And, fuck. Imagine and being on set for ride that them, shit. Yeah, ride them into ditches. And, like, horses died all the time. Like, oh, it's it fucking awful. Fuck. How did you go being on movie sets when you were literally killing animals? It's just yeah. the way they used to do it. Fuck. Yeah, it's awful. Especially now knowing that they didn't absolutely didn't have to because you can train them to just lay down. Yeah. 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 Shit. Val realizes that that's how they get you. They're under the goddamn ground. How have they not figured that out yet? Because they haven't encountered them yet. They yeah, but seen there's them. a dude sucked the- into the ground. Oh, a car sucked into the ground. Yeah. I mean, when they when old Fred gets killed, they think it's a serial killer. Yeah. True. Yeah. True. Fair. Yeah. They've only just seen the snake things very recently. Yeah. Okay. Right. Val shoots one and the ground bulges beneath them. Must be a million of them. Yep. Nope. Huge monster with a snapping turtle like beak bursts out of the ground and the snakes come out of its mouth. This was fucking dope. Yep. I, Creepy and scary. I was, I was getting ready to see like a big ball of them and then when it comes out, I was like, oh, fuck. Like this thing is way bigger than I thought it was. Hey. Yeah. Yep. Val shoots out again and then they end up bolting. Okay, so- the burst through here and the one that Val shoots at are models. They're miniatures. Uh-huh. They're miniature awesome. graboids. Right. It's a miniature desert. It's a, it's a little tiny puppet. Fuck, I'm going to have to look at it again. Yep. You it can was actually seamless see, for me. It's really good. The only thing that gives it away is that there's some movement in the ground. Yeah. Th- where you can tell that it's not real ground. Like the whole ground like shifts in a way. That oh, when it cracks open. No, even after that. So when Val's shooting at it, it's writhing around. The ground is moving because the ground is a model, right? Oh. So just because it's being puppeted from underneath, there's something like moving underneath, underneath it that is not. Yes, the, I know what you're talking the, about. The monster moving. It's just a little flex in the. Like flex, the whole thing. The whole is, thing is yeah. got a little flex in it. I always it. just yeah. assumed it was some kind of stage. No. So that is a right. that is a model. Now that is not the only way that they did this. Yeah. That is just what we're seeing right now. Right. And I will talk later about how some of the other stuff is. The done. actual creature. Uh, can we talk about that yet or no? No, not yet. Okay. okay. I have a particular section where yeah, I'll do the totally I'll do the it. stuff that I always do. And I want to do it at a particular time because there is a there is a couple of sequences that that show it bring better. all of the ways it was done together and I want to talk about the effects work. Very cool. Right? Okay. But I will get to it. Don't worry. Big craft pod. <laughs> Kira was like, do you think it'll be a short one today? And I was like, no. Because no. like, that's the thing. I didn't make many notes on this because no, I was like fucking, I fully was just like You're in just this. In like it? I didn't want to make notes it's watching such this. Such a fucking wonderful piece of entertainment. Yeah. The close up of the snakes coming out of the mouth is full size. Right. That's not a model. Right. As they run past some fence posts, we see them collapsing. Yeah. The first shot is a model, and then we get a shot of them practically pulling the fence posts over. Sure, they, sure, sure, because they're in the shot. Yeah. Val and I'll spot a concrete drainage ditch, this kind of retaining wall thing. 
They try to jump it. Yeah, they, that does not work. <laughs> I love that they don't make it. Yeah. Love that it just slam into the far yeah. wall and slide down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, for our heroes, they're so helpless so many times. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. yeah. And then we hear the monster smack into the concrete retaining wall. Brilliant. I love that, like, these creatures are moving through the ground, but mm. concrete, solid concrete is something that they can't fuck yeah. with. It's yeah. dead. We killed it. Fuck you. We killed it. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Also, anyone else was like super worried because they didn't double tap? No. Oh, whenever someone doesn't double tap in a movie like this, I'm like, why are you getting close? I've seen this movie a lot of times. <laughs> yeah, fair. Rhonda shows up. Oh, hey, guys, you notice anything strange a minute ago? Oh, my God. <laughs> she must have been able to see them if she was there at that point. You know what I mean? Running I for their lives. I suppose it depends lives. which direction she's coming from. Fair. Could have been uphill. True. She could have just heard it. <laughs> they are, uh, her and Earl lever the concrete out. <laughs> and, yeah, it smells fucking terrible. Rhonda's like, it's got no eyes. It's, it must be entirely subterranean and the snakes must drag you into its mouth yeah i love that up top val has dug the whole thing out mm. and that's a full-size build that is the only full-size no. monster no when he jumps out of the cliff that is the only full-size monster oh that was built for this that was okay. built for this movie everything else is just pieces aha uh -huh. right it pushes itself along with little spines on its skin now i will give you one little thing about the monster design so, of course, in the script, it was a little vague, right? Like, yeah. Because sometimes you just don't know how something's going to visualize. They know mm. there's a monster under the ground, there's snake parts, and it probably pushes itself along like a worm. But yeah. what exactly it looks like, they hadn't figured it out. The first drafts for the designs, the creatures had like a, because uh, they're moving through the ground, they had like a protective sheath over the over the top of them. So that, they looked a lot would, like something? retract back. Mm. And then they got some studio notes that the monster shouldn't have a foreskin. It got circumcised. There was a lot of design work made to make them not look like big dicks. Yeah. Coming out of the ground. Yep. Which I appreciate. Yep. That's uh, someone was thinking that day. Yep. Well, they could have made a very bad mistake and then this would be the giant dick under the ground movie. Yeah. We want the head to look I almost think, mushroom. -like. I don't think that you get seven movies if they make that mistake. Yeah. Yeah. The boys discuss how they're going to lift it, and Chang is not getting this thing for 15 bucks. They need a flatbed. They need a crane. No, they need a lifter. Blah, blah. I love their logic, how they're like, the little parts of the dialogue here, it's like, no, we can't lift it like that because it'll tear it apart. We and need. They, they always argue about a plan. Yeah. About I what love they're going to do. Rhonda's readings mean that there must be at least three more of these things. Yeah, that's the moment I shit my pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like if I was them, not oh, real right. life. I've done <laughs> so that I several thought, times, but not I in this movie. Were, I thought you were that scared of the movie. <laughs> they, they start to freak out and head for head for Rhonda's truck, which mm. is just over over there. And we get a uh, we get a jump scare. A whole steps in a prairie dog hole. Oh yeah, yeah. true, 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 true. <laughs> And then a seismograph does go off and they bolt for a rock outcrop. The monster follows them, but it can't climb the rocks. So they're safe. This is, I love this. This is like the kind of shit you like make up in your head as a kid. Like as you're like this running around and jumping on rocks. Yeah. Fucking awesome. Yeah. So this is like, when I say this isn't like a monster movie and maybe it's more apt to call it a creature feature. I don't know. But like, I Same don't, thing. I don't know. Like I would class those as like a subgenre of a horror, right? This is a horror movie. Yeah. But like it's a comedy horror action. This is the problem with this movie. It's a horror comedy action. A movie. lot of hyphens. Yeah. But like, 
the the feeling in this is more like tension, right? And like, yeah, it's like those it's movies suspense. where like, well, it's like it's like is Jaws a horror movie? Yeah. Yes. Is Jaws also an adventure movie? Yeah. Is Jaws also sometimes a comedy? Yeah, it does. So it's Jaws. Yeah, it's, right. It's a genre blend. Right. right. So you're trying to nail it. That's what I'm saying. That's why I keep saying it's an adventure horror comedy. Yeah. You're trying to nail it down. It's all of those. It's all of those things. It's a monster movie. Jaws is a monster movie. Yeah, right. It's a monster movie. The, the, the thing that I keep going back to is like the the horror doesn't feel like horror horror. You know what I mean? But it has Jaws is a horror. It also takes place outdoors and mostly during the daytime. Yeah. Not, but it also trucks in. It trucks in like mystery and horror kills. Yeah, true. We get the, the session wagon being tr- uh, dragged down. You're right. The guy You're right. The yes. Like so, it's a it's still a horror movie. It's yeah. just not a. It's just a variation. It's not a mass killer. You know what this also feels like? Not the every precursor to those events. That's like um like that one with the lady who's like on a, something floating and there's sharks always around her and stuff like that. It's just like those. Where it's just like you're constantly scared yeah, that shallow. something else is going to happen. The shallows. That movie yeah. rules. Yeah. I'm shot in Australia. Ah. Yeah. They notice that the one that's chasing them must be the one that jumped their truck because it's missing a snake. It's missing a snake. They call Stumpy. It Stumpy. Yeah. I that's love how cute. that's gotta be the smart one, right? That's the one. That's the yeah, smart one. Yeah. yeah. Her truck's over by another outcrop that they won't be able to make it to without it getting them. Hours pass. They discuss where they must be from. Mutations, biological weapon. They predate the fossil record, so maybe we've just never seen them before. How does she fucking know that? Or she knows the entire fossil record. Or out of space. I love that it doesn't matter. This scene was written because people kept on asking him where they came from. <laughs> Brilliant. And the writers were like, we have no interest. So we offered what they call the only four logical explanations. What which are, are we, those explanations? What and are then our, you get to just choose your own adventure. Yeah. What, what are we all picking? Oh, who cares? Who gives a fuck? Man. I could not, like, for the love of God, I could not give a fuck. <laughs> I love I writing my own head law. No. <laughs> I so don't care about like, but that doesn't matter at all. I'm going. It would be so infinitely I'm going less. Predating the fossil record. Look, I, I love reckon me. they don't have listen. any fossilized bones to like be fossilized. Listen, I love Prometheus and I love Alien Covenant, but I don't give a fuck about what the space truck is. <laughs> yeah. like, True. Come on, dude. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. How boring is that? Uh, you know, I write movies when I'm like watching yeah. other movies. I'll, I'll cut the sound clip in here. Well, you see, when I get bored, I make up my own movie. I have a very short attention span. <laughs> they haven't seen a sign for hours. Val slides down and bangs around with a piece of wood. Nope, he's still there. He's just waiting. Goddamn bitch. Pardon my French. The delivery of goddamn bitch was so fucking hilarious. Goddamn bitch. Pardon my French. Oh, just great. So much patience. <laughs> yeah. How does it know that they're still there? Well, it can hear vibrations mm. and the rock is acting as a conductor. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. Day turns to night. So they're stuck out there all night and they're back today. Val and Rhonda wake up real close to each other. Little mm. cuddles. She's wearing his jacket. Val's mm. pretty amused. He's already awake. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck. They check. Stumpy is still there. That's why Edgar never came off that tower. Yeah. While Val and Earl argue about a plan... They ignore Rhonda, who has a plan. An excellent plan. And she uses some old wooden poles. That just happen to be there. <laughs> well, it's like building debris yeah. and stuff. There's like, they're pretty close to like the fences and stuff. There's shit everywhere. If you watch Ghost Town Living, you'll mm-hmm. see that there is shit all over that fucking valley. That's true. It's very realistic to, to Saragorda. Yep. This whole sequence from the moment they're running from the rock to when they finish pole vaulting, so much fucking fun. <laughs> oh, it's great. It's, so much it's fun. Fantastic. It has a real momenty, moment of... 
not not laughs, but just levity. Like it's almost turns into like yeah, I love a kid adventure movie. It is an adventure movie yeah. too. Yeah, I love this sequence. I love this whole sequence. I thought it was as a kid. I thought it was like the coolest fucking thing ever. And the side shot of them like doing the pole and world, they're all the, the time rocks. with each other. Oh, so good. I do love the fact that the first time Earl falls, <laughs> yeah, he, true, he falls back onto the rock. The poles do get significantly longer <laughs> <laughs> from when they are holding I them didn't on even the rocks notice. to when they are vaulting. The yes. poles get significantly longer. <laughs> that would be so much fun to film as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They make it to the trunk and Rhonda dives through the back window and drives by pushing the pedals down with her hands as Stumpy attacks them. Yeah. And it's great. In and the then next scene, the he's road, driving on the road. Once still they're on the road, they're like, guys, can you help me? <laughs> Yeah, they're just chilling. They're just relaxing. Like. <laughs> In the back, she's driving with her legs sticking out the back window. Oh, uh, shit. Back at Chang's. Always at Chang's. They explain that the snakes are just their tongues. <laughs> Chang tries to radio burn Heather. The girl wants to know what they're called. Rhonda doesn't know. Chang, but you're a scientist. Yeah. <laughs> These creatures are unprecedented. Yeah, but where did they come from? That's <laughs> <laughs> Nesta. I love it. I love it. She's uh, just a college student. She's like, just yeah. college, like, <laughs> like a fucking grad student. Yeah. Also, if you're head seismologist, she's not just the she's animal She's not just going to know everything. But if you're her, yeah, also seismologist, how does she fucking know what the fossil record is? But anyway, um, if you're her, as if you're not going, I'm about to be fucking famous as shit. Well, yeah. she does kind of talk about that at the end of the movie. Everyone mm. else thinks uh, someone will just come by and check on them once they notice their lines are out. Cut to, yeah, somebody did come out and check and he got eaten. Mm. Yeah. Chang, suckoids. I like noids. Snakeoids. <laughs> I He's feel like they're parodying like, them trying to come up with a name. I think they are too. Yeah. Rhonda explains that vibrations attract them. Miguel, well, we just won't vibrate. I <laughs> 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 fucking forgot about that. so good. Yeah. Every line in this movie is so like, there's also just like, there's conversations that happen within, there's a lot of like scenes with lots of people mm. and there's conversations inside the conversations and there all is. of the dialogue that is like hidden because you never notice it is fucking gold. Yeah. It's so good. Every, the dialogue in this movie never has a lull where you're like, this is not good. Yeah. Val loses his shit because no one's taking it seriously. <laughs> Grabs a map and points out that the monsters are definitely headed this way from Edgar to Old Fred. To that yeah. is a clever pickup. That is also something that like a DM would sprinkle into <laughs> the game, and you're like, "Oh fuck!" You yes. have to realize where they're going next. Yeah, it's a good story hook. Nancy, concerned, goes looking for Mindy. Graboids. <laughs> Graboids. Hits gold, and henceforward they will be called Graboids. <laughs> <laughs> Nesta asks Val where they're meant to go. And Rhonda thinks that they should head for Solid Rock, the mountains. Then they can hike to Bixby because obviously the Graboids can only get through soft evuvula. Is that what she fucking calls it? I don't know. She's, she's, a, science, she's it. a science word. It confused me. <laughs> Melvin off camera screams and then throws his basketball through the window at all. <laughs> it's another fake out. Nancy can't find Mindy. Melvin outside is bouncing his ball down the street and then he bounces and it does not come back. Yeah. These parents, man, like, yeah, okay, Melvin's parents suck, but Mindy's mom, if she's in there game planning about a monster. Well, she went, she goes out looking for Mindy. As soon as she finds out that the, the, there's. But she sent Mindy off to go play down the road. Like, keep so her by your kids, side. Okay, I think Mindy just is free range. <laughs> yeah, fair. She would be. He screams. Earl in the store is like, I'm just going to go kick his ass. Yeah. And Melvin's up a pole and a graboid bursts out of the ground. And this is where I'm going to talk about. The nice. effects work in this movie. Hey. Nice. It's the first time that we are seeing a graboid burst out of the ground. 
that is full size and in live action. Aha. Uh-huh. So this was the first movie for a new company, Amalgamated Dynamics. Aha. Uh-huh. Their first movie. They didn't even have an office or a workshop space when they started this movie. Right. Fuck yeah. They had to keep meeting at restaurants. <laughs> The Fair. producers were like, we'd like to come to the shop and see your work. They were like, we would like you to cut us a check so that we can open a workshop. Yeah. <laughs> so you can actual, come to our garage. That's an actual story, <laughs> right? That's not. It was formed by two guys that had started at Stan Winston Studios. Aha. Uh-huh. They graduated from, from Stan Winston School. Alec Gillis and Tom Woodruff Jr. Alec Guinness sounds familiar. Gillis, not Guinness. Gillis, sorry. I've talked about those dudes before. I thought you may have. Woodruff is the guy in the Xenomorph suit from Aliens Onward. Ah. They took over both Aliens and Predator from Stan Winston Studios. I talked about them on Alien Nation. So Alien, when we talked about Alien Nation, we talked about the fact that that was done by Stan Winston Studios, but Stan Winston himself wasn't involved in it. Yeah. There was a team of people. These are two of the guys that were in the team of people that worked on Alien Nation. You have mentioned a group that worked on the monsters in Starship Troopers before as well. No, that's Phil Tippett. Ah. Phil Tippett didn't work at Stan Winston Studios. I don't want to step on your toes, but how much does the monster in this look similar to some of the things in Starship Troopers? I think it's just good design. The yeah, beak, okay. It's the beak. Beak, right? 100%. How but did the, you know? But the beak is just taken from, like the graboid beak is just taken from snapping turtles. Ah. And then they're both- referencing like real life animals and then they've ended up in the same in a similar kind of place. Brilliant. Yeah. But there's no and they're both in the desert. So you yeah. can make a like your brain can make a connection there, but they're not connected to each other. Yeah, okay. Yeah, they're absolute legends. To create the effect of the graboid coming through the through the street. Yeah. Bursting up through the street. This is so fucking good. Yeah. They buried a giant steel drum slash barrel in the ground. And then they put on top of it on the uh, open top a uh, rock print styrofoam that's then covered in dirt. So it's kind of like a snake in a can, like. Oh, wait. Like wait. those practical dirt snake yeah, in a can. Yeah. Wait. The graboid is not animatronic. It's a At pup- all? It's a puppet. It's a snake in a can. <laughs> it's folded down like a snake in a can. Oh, <laughs> fuck. It actually is. In the barrel. And Tom Woodruff is inside it. So it's like a birthday cake. Yes. <laughs> He's sitting down inside the barrel, buried for like an hour at a time, maybe two, while Fuck. they prep with a radio. They give him the cue and he stands up. You would not want to be claustrophobic. He hey. stands up pushing the – he's got like a circular control. Yeah. He stands up and pushes the graboid through like a snake in a can out onto the street. The weird thing is- It's a snake in a can. (laughs) Yeah. You you think there's going to be such a complex solution to these things, hey? But it's it's a low budget movie and they can't afford animatronics. Now there is some animatronic elements. They did do, they did like the snakes and stuff. They're like um, wire cable controlled and all kinds of animatronic-y stuff. Yeah. But the burst throughs, it's just literally like a snake in a can. Fuck yeah. It's a giant snake in a can. That is so fantastic. All the stuff where we see them moving underground- and creating ripples on the surface, so all the stuff where it's ripples. Yeah, we get one later where they do the they do the uh, the porch of the store. Yeah, you see like kind of a Love wave. Love that. That was created by them digging a trench, covering the trench in plywood and dirt, and then using a truck to drag a plastic mooring buoy through the trench. That's so smart, a buoy. That is the perfect shape. It's fucking genius. Yes, it's just clever solutions. Two problems. That set, that town set 
must have had these trenches all over him, right? That Thanks would have been so much fucking fun. They actually only do it a couple of times. Really? So, yeah. And then later on in the movie, they just use like puffs of dirt that are just little like cannon, the cannon effects. So that, that's what I mean is like, ah. they sell you on something by showing you it done one way. And then they don't really you do don't that notice. again. That's and you so don't good. notice because it's all done in pieces. So, and every, every single way that it's done is actually different effects, but it all coalesces together to form an image in your brain that you're actually not even seeing. So when you break it down, it's just pieces. It's just tiny little pieces. Oh, I love that. It's part of the movie magic making that has always bent my mind a little bit is that how you can have these pieces that in your brain just come together in this brilliant thing. And what I never really understood is how someone sits down and maps these little pieces out. Well, you just shot listed. You, you, you shot listed, then you break the shot list into how you're going to do each individual piece. But how do you have that level of forethought? It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Back with the movie. Everybody scatters. Val, Earl, Rhonda, Chang, and Miguel all end up in the store. And Rhonda yells for them to be quiet. Yells for them to be quiet. <laughs> yeah. The store shakes and the floorboards creak. And then from outside, boing, boing, boing. <laughs> Mindy is pogoing down the street. Yep. With headphones on. Yes, which we've already pre Which make her deaf, as we have learned yeah. <laughs> yep. from movies. It happened last week. There was a, there's a kill in... <laughs> yeah? There's a sequence in, in Delta Force 2, The Columbian Connection, Look, you, in which in which uh, a man is wearing headphones and does not hear things like that. We all know that basic 80s and 90s headphones that just lightly sat on your ear work even just, better than noise-cancelling headphones today. I don't even know why we need noise-cancelling headphones. Really. Yeah, totally. <laughs> the graboid is heading for her, and Val runs at her and tackles her. <laughs> I love that he tackles a child. I knew pogo sticks were fucking dangerous. Yeah, he fucking does flatten <laughs> her, hey. She, like the kid is, cr she's crying. Mindy is like crying and upset. <laughs> but Nancy, her mom runs over there too. The pogo stick gets sucked into the ground. Yeah. She and Mindy bolt into their house and it chases Val to the top of his truck. I also love the pogo stick getting spat out. Yeah. Which is <laughs> great as well. There's another one coming. It chases Rhonda who she trips over and gets caught up in... A fence and barbed wire? Of course. Of course she has to trip. Yeah. And the graboid starts kind of pulling her with the wire into its maw. Val grabs a pickaxe, runs over and attacks it. I love that there's a snake that tries to pull the pickaxe out. Yeah. <laughs> I love that they show the pickaxe in it too. It's yeah. so good. <laughs> and... Uh, Rhonda's too caught up, so Val tells her to take off her pants of so she can escape, which of she course. does. We get another burst through, and then they run back into the store, and we yeah, that's where we get the uh, the wooden porch kind of bubbling like a wave as the graboid is. I reckon that's the best the one of the film. Like, there's a few of those going under the ground, and that's that's so satisfying to see. Yeah, inside Val is patching up the cuts on Rhonda's leg as Earl watches, <laughs> making her quite uncomfortable. I love that there's so I think he's just it. watching Val. I think he's like being amused by Val. Yeah. But she takes it as he's staring at my legs. <laughs> oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Uh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Miguel gives us some pants, which is real nice. And, and they uh, fit perfectly. And every, everybody's whispering the plans to get to the mountain. But the Graboids ate Val and Earl's radials. And Rhonda's truck isn't gutsy enough to get them up the goat trail that goes into the mountains. Which yeah. have from watching Ghost Town Living. Is a thing. Is it totally a thing. You need a beefy truck to, to get into those mountains. Or as we know, axles can break and cars need to be repaired. Yep. <laughs> the fridge bearing goes off. 
Of course it does, and everybody jumps on it. I love, off. I love Kevin Bacon diving on top of the fridge. Yeah. I know that was like I, I had no idea what he was trying to do, yeah, but not so helping. He can jam his hand down to pull the plug, to pull the power plug. Yeah. Kind of yeah. makes sense. Chang and Earl, Earl help, help him, uh, but yeah, Grandpa. A grab boy bursts through the floor, grabs Chang, and then sucks him. They kind of do him dirty in this. Like he's, is he a big actor by this point? He's never a big actor. He's always a, he's, he's always never been, a big actor. He's always, okay. He's an Asian American in movies in the eighties and nineties. He's like, never, a, he's never a star. He's always the, he's always the grandpa or he's the sidekick. He has a bigger role in Big Trouble in Little China, but that's because John Carpenter is going out of his way to feature Asian American actors in that movie. Good man. He always plays kind of big bit roles. Yeah, I just feel like he's more prolific than than that. We talked about I mean? he didn't start acting until he was like almost 50. Yeah, that's right. He'd lived a life. Yeah, he's a good man. Yeah. The inside of the store is a set. I assumed as much. In a, in a studio. There's only two interiors in the whole movie. The ones with the shelves really? and the one with the bar. Well, there's no, that's the same place. That's the store. Oh, two interiors in the whole movie. Sorry, I thought you were saying there's two sides to the <laughs> shop. My bad. There's the <laughs> shop and then there's... The bunker. The bunker. And they're the only two interiors in the whole movie. Yeah, the, the bunker was confusing. Is, is yeah, they do spend a lot of time on roofs in a minute. So. Yeah. yeah. So the store was built over a water tank so that they can put the gra- they can operate the graboid from underneath. The graboid is on a jib arm. It's on a crane arm. Like a, So for people that don't know, kind of like a seesaw, like a movie crane. Yeah. And then they just lift it with force through the floor. They then swap out that graboid for one that has a bicycle seat inside its mouth so that Victor Wong and or more likely his stunt guy can be inside the mouth with his, uh, with his body. Right. And then there's a, there's a fake leg that you barely see it. There's a fake leg sticking out so it looks like he's been folded up. No, I missed that. It's so good. <laughs> oh, shit. And I love That's how they're fantastic. like, get him out, get him out. He's gone. And then, they yeah. just, and then they just lower the crane back down under the floor. Yeah. Smart. Ah. The graboids start destroying the store, so they have to climb up onto some shelves, and then they're going for a shit. Do we don't see them really in the store? We just see bits of the floor we just popping see the floor. and pushing. Again, you don't see them, you just see the floor moving, right? Yeah. What's really funny is that the shelves fall, and there are some objects that are clearly stuck to them. Stuck to them. I didn't even notice. Yeah. So Rhonda gets dominoed. And goes out a window, which is great. That is That's a fucking awesome, hilarious it's an awesome bit. stunt. Yeah. They do they do a thing where she's gone, but then she's up on a water tower. Yeah. And they yell out to everybody in the town to get up onto their onto their roof. Such a fucking D D thing. Yeah. And then back at Burton Heather's fortified compound compound on the hill overlooking the town. They're just returning home. They've been out searching yeah. for the for the monsters and seen no sign of them. How good is the license plate too? <laughs> Uzi for you. I was like, I want that license plate. Heather looks with her binoculars down at the town and sees that everybody's on the roof. And we see Val grab the CB radio from inside as Bert is trying to radio into the town to see what's going on. The tension, the tension of them not fucking like dealing with that straight away. And like Reba's character, like coming in and being like not delivering. Hey, everyone's on the roofs down in town immediately. Bert's, Bert's already on the radio, right? So, He's down in his basement bunker. Also, they don't when they pull in, they've just got like caravans on top. They don't have the, a house, do they? They have a they have like a trailer. It's like sticking out. I imagine the whole house is underground. Oh, right. We see that we see their their rec room. Do we? 
Well, that's the bunker. He says that's later. That's the bunker, right. So that's the the bunker. So I think they have like an entrance up top, like a trailer that is an so entrance up top. So they're full doomsday preppers. Fully underground. Hectic, mad. Right. Heather dumps her bullets into a shell case polisher and turns it on. I had oh. to look that up. I was wondering what that was. It takes residual powder off bullets that have been in, in a gun. Right. And if you are a gun person and you want to have nice clean bullets that fire straight and don't have any defects, you use, it's got like a, a material in it that's gritty that polishes the bullets. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, have you seen those TikTok videos lately no. where it's like putting stones in sand and getting polished? Not no. on, not like on TikTok. ASMR some shit. Not on TikTok. No. I know. Seth I'm fucking addicted. Seth Seth Seth. It vibrates a little bit. It's got a little bit of vibration just a, in it. Just a touch. Yeah. The Graboids head for them. We see it with puffs of puffs of dirt. We don't yeah. see them actually moving. Yeah, you're right. Val radios them to get up on their roofs. They load up, but they don't see anything. And then Val yells that are under the ground. This sequence is fucking wild, right? Okay. So frustrating I'm how gonna, they don't hear under the ground the first time it's said, and they like look out the window. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm going to break it down in a second, but first we'll talk about what happens. Graboid bursts through the basement wall, and then they unload on it. My favorite thing is about to come out. I'll tell you when you get there. Is it when they unload? They drop their Next. guns and we pan over to a massive wall of guns. <laughs> it's that. Even it's, it's just a, out of shot. It's just out of shot. It's just out of it's shot. It's been out of shot the entire time. <laughs> I and love then it. And we pan over to it. And, and it's, it is it's almost a, naked gun level shit. It is so over the top. Yeah. <laughs> I, it makes me laugh every fucking time. It made me laugh when I was a kid. Yeah. It makes me laugh now. The pan over to the The gu- second the best thing in the movie happens in a second. They keep firing. And they just grab guns off the wall. They just keep firing and dropping guns and grabbing guns. <laughs> and then there's a point where Reba is holding three different handguns. <laughs> right. Two in one hand and one in the other. Yeah. So <laughs> Bert gets dragged by a snake. Heather saves him. Bert goes for his elephant gun. Yeah. And then and Heather fires a flare into its mouth and they finally kill it. There's, with the bullets that were discussed earlier in the movie. With Yeah. There's two And there's two to go. Okay. This scene is fucking amazing because it's a mix of full-size graboid and a model. And if I didn't know what was what, I wouldn't know what was what. Yeah. It is so fucking cool. good. I just assumed they popped a big thing out of the wall and then filmed it. The burst through is full-size. It's in a studio set. Huh. It's the same technique as it coming out of the ground, except it's coming through a, sure. fake, a fake wall. The graboid rearing up yeah. and moaning and hitting the roof is a model. Why? Because the one that came through the wall didn't have the capabilities of the of the puppet, the miniature. The miniature they're able to do more do because more, movement, more movement because it's a puppet. There are physical limitations sure. to how big they can build a full size one. They can build See, a small one. In my head, it's just like why why don't you just build the one? Because but, they need it to do different things. Yeah, so again, sure. there is a shot where Bert drops a gun on the floor and there's a pan. And the gun's on the floor in the model? They're panning into a model. That's dope. It's two shots with a match cut. That's awesome. They're not even hiding the cut in the whip, right? It's a match cut. So there's no hiding it. It's just there. Bert on set drops the gun, right? And then they cut to a double's feet and the gun lined up in exactly the same position 
and pan to the model of the graboid. Fuck, that must have been so. It looks hard. like it's one shot. That's impressive. How it's, long do you reckon that takes? Forever. <laughs> yeah, hours. Like Just so to much match work. Those up, that would be yeah. So the fucking so hell. the model work was done by the Skotak brothers, Michael and Robert. They're fucking legends of miniatures, right? They yeah. did miniature work on Escape from New York. Dope. Aliens, The Dope. Abyss, oh. Darkman, Terminator Dark 2. Man, that rings a bell. It's been on the list. It's Sam Raimi's Darkman with yeah. Liam Neeson. Yep, 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 yep. You yep. didn't select it. Yep. I, it's going to keep coming up. Good. Tank Girl, Titanic. Oh. Well, All right. Hard Rain, House on Haunted Hill. In 2015. The Christian Slater movie with Morgan like Freeman. It, yeah, I feel it's, like I've seen it. It's on the list. It's okay. a good one. It's, it's a good, it's a good solid action programmer in the way that style that they do not make them anymore. Okay. In 2015, they partnered with Alec Gillis on a movie he directed, produced by Tom Woodruff, called Harbinger Down, that they kickstarted so that they can make a modern monster movie using practical effects and miniatures. Man. They wanted to make that movie after their experience working on the 2011 prequel slash sidequel, The Thing, because they oh, worked yeah. their fucking asses off making that movie with practical effects, only for the studio to mandate that they all be replaced digitally. How do because you feel they about that movie? Think, I didn't make it through that movie. Really? Why would I watch that movie? I John Carpenter's The Thing exists. Yeah. <laughs> I You're own right. it on 4K. I can pop it in and enjoy that movie whenever the fuck I want. Nowhere near as good as the original. Why do we need... It's the fucking space jockey problem. Why do we need a movie about how an axe got in a wall? Some of the fun is the fucking mystery. There's no. There's also like, I don't want to know where the thing came... Like, I don't need more information about that. But it's, it's better to not have the information because then there leaves a world of possibilities. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't, that movie doesn't need to exist. That, that was movie. the first movie for me, and this probably sounds terrible, but that was the first movie for me being a bit of a heathen going, the original that was before my time, shits all over this. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I don't think I finished that movie. I don't, why would I? Just not interested. I didn't hate it. I, if if it's in if it's in that universe, I'm gonna have fun. You know how often I think about that movie. You know how often I I, <laughs> I like, don't know how often it's think never about that movie. right. I only remembered <laughs> that it, there was a 2011 thing when I did research for this. Like it holds no space in my mind. In my mind. Yeah. Okay. Right. Because I can just go watch the thing whenever I want. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Bert and Heather get onto their roof, and everyone celebrates that they got one. We killed that mother humper. You guys know some weird dialogue? Some weird... Was it 80 yard? Yeah. <laughs> this movie was shot with an R rating in mind. Uh, so there were many, many swears. Wow. And then, okay. And, swears. and then in post-production, they decided to go for a PG-13. So they this dubbed about 20 uses of the word fuck and sundry. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I wonder... Mother humpers. That's one big mother. There's all kinds of... Do you reckon they turned down the effects as well? No, no, didn't didn't need to cut any gore or anything because it's not really that gory a movie. Yeah, anyway. I wonder if I reckon, I would have loved a bit of gore. Yeah, so they turned it turned it into a more family friendly film for a wider audience, so yeah. that it would uh, play better in cinemas, and that didn't happen anyway. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it didn't matter. I would love a gory version of this where like the dude getting sucked underground is like popping and bursting. <laughs> 
Earl tells Val they don't get to make fun of Bert's lifestyle anymore. Yeah, that's a great call. That's a hundred percent the first thing I would think too. Val He's asks, like, "Fuck, he was right." Val asks Bert if they can take and Heather if they can take out the other two, but his elephant gun gets no penetration through the ground. He keeps firing though. Yeah, yeah. as firing. if you wouldn't. You, I would never stop firing. Yeah, and then Earl asks them if they can get their truck and go for help, but they're interrupted because below them, Stumpy is up to something. Yep. Val yeah. asks Rondo, "What's it doing now?" Why does she just assu- We're just assuming this grad student just knows everything about these monsters she's never seen before. Yeah. <laughs> Stumpy attacks the foundation of Chang's and the roof start to, starts to buckle. There's a mix here of like model and even the st- parts of the store, a little bit of a model. But then the whole building is built to mechanically collapse and then reset between takes. Yeah, that's, that's cool. fucking impressive. Yeah. The town is wow. bu- the town is built. The buildings are built so that they can do the stuff that they physically need to. do. I didn't even think about the effects of the actual like buildings around. Yeah. Really? Fuck. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. Seem um, well, not seamless, but like just it's part of the environment. Yeah. Nancy's house gets attacked as well. Nancy and Mindy are up on the roof. You can see that house is a little less well built. You can see that it is not connected to the ground. Yeah, You can right. see that it doesn't have a foundation, that it's clearly like a shell on top of something that is shaking it. <laughs> yeah, right. Because that house doesn't actually collapse. It's all just, it all just shakes. Oh, it moves as one it's piece moving, to- It's moving freely. Yeah. It's not connected right. to the ground. Sorry, sorry. Uh, have we gone past the awkward cheering scene? Does that happen after they kill one? Yeah, we already did that. That's, they cheer after the- Yeah. I mentioned that they celebrate. Sorry, I missed yeah. it. I missed it. Just, I just want to point it out because that's my thing. The awkward yeah. cheering is, is very, very corny, but also gave me goosebumps, weirdly, because <laughs> I was on that ride with them. You were so excited <laughs> that they killed one. And that they survived because we had thought that they were going to die. I thought they were, 100%. While Miguel, Earl, and Val are standing on the roof in this section- you can see a microphone moving between no. <laughs> in the bottom of frame. Oh, uh, right. Yeah. So there is a little, like the roof has a little ledge that comes up and you can just see the fl- the top of the fluffy, uh, the dead cat as the kids would call it. Yeah. You can just see it moving backwards and forwards between them. There is also a can of, an empty can of tomatoes that I see every time the roof moves and I couldn't help but unsee it every single time. So Earl thinks that the graboids are coming up with a plan. But like, well, they are. To be yep. fair, they're like, they're like killer whales. They're like testing the icebreak for the seals. Yeah, they have like orca. Yeah. Like they, the screenwriters talk about the fact that they're kind of like orca. Really? Yeah. Fuck yeah. That's yeah. one, one of their points of reference. They attack Nesta's trailer, flipping over Nesta's trailer. Nesta hides uh, in a in a tire. Nesta's a fucking idiot. Yeah, that's not gonna work out. Nesta gets sucked into it. Yep. That <laughs> was also a great kill. Yeah, that was pretty funny. As soon as he's about to say, no, that won't work. Yeah. Yep. Speaking of gore, I make this movie. There is a fountain of blood that yeah, comes out right? of the tire. <laughs> yeah, that's what I would have done. Val on the radio, he tells Heather there's no use going for help. These things are gonna tear the town down out from underneath them before. Heather and Bert could get back. They have to get out of there now. And so Heather and Bert are going to come and get them, but the Graboids attack their truck, mm. so they're not going to be able to go anywhere. They need a helicopter or a goddamn tank. <laughs> Luckily, they're going to think of one <laughs> any second now. Is there any tank-like object around that possibly could be used as one? The bulldozer. Aha. Uh-huh. The but cat. they won't all fit in the bulldozer, can <laughs> Yeah. They could pull the old semi-trailer. 
Brilliant. I don't really understand why that would help because, like, the reason that they're like the the cat is going to be fine is that it's too heavy for the graboids, thing, to, pull. graboids yeah. to pull under. So if they're the pulling semi. the semi thing, that could be pulled under, couldn't it? No, because it's it's like big and heavy, like the like the cat. They but can't get it out. Yeah, one thing though, and they're like it weighs like thirty tons. It can't be moved, but like they're moving houses. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. I guess. No, 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 they're not. No, they're not. They didn't happen. They could just roll on out of here. Yeah. They have a plan. <laughs> they have a plan. But how are they going to make it? Well, I was kind of hoping that they were going to end up pole vaulting, like, early. That right would houses. be sick. You want <laughs> like, more pole vaulting? That's the one thing this movie is missing. Is yeah. More pole vaulting. Or like I, I would have liked the whole scene. lot of them. Yeah. Pole vaulting. That would have been As, cool. like, a little tribe. Yeah. No, they're going to cause a distraction, a decoy, with a tractor. This is a fucking D&D plan. It really is. Okay. Graboids attack the building again. I like Val's line. The ground's getting a lot closer. <laughs> <laughs> they, Val and Earl argue about who's going to make the run for the cat, the dozer. Val's faster, but Earl's the best at driving it. <laughs> they rock off. Val uses scissors. This is when Earl uses rock. Yeah. He'll have to go for the cat. No, Earl won. He chooses who goes. Yeah, I love so that. I oh, think- I lost. Damn, I'll have to go. So you're saying that Earl intentionally lost. Yeah. Well, Earl wins here. Sorry, Val intentionally lost. So the the brilliant thing I think it's building is like they've, they have this dynamic like they're like bickering and they're like at each other all the time. They always know what the other person is going to play. Yeah, but so they Val's win. such a good guy and Earl's such a good guy that like he's the older guy so he always intentionally loses and Val has to do everything. And then in this instance, the older guy's like, no, I'm going. Well, they, they know each other so well that they sometimes win or lose on on purpose, knowing that the other person is what the other person is always going to do. Mm. Right. So it's, it's not awesome. like brain versus brain. It's a partnership. Yeah. Uh. It really is the best on-screen partnership. And in this instance, Val loses because then he'll have to go. But Earl's like, no, I won, which is why I chose Rock. I get to choose who goes. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Miguel sends the tractor and both the graboids chase it. And then Val <laughs> elbows Earl in the guts and jumps off the roof. I love the jump onto the, the, the roof bounce. fall. Yeah. He, j- so fall, good. he jumps onto like an awning and then yeah. the awning collapses underneath him. That's a, such a great fall. It's a brilliant, like, again, I keep going back to it, but it's a brilliant D&D moment where you're like, you're doing something heroic, yeah. but it's like athletics check and like <laughs> fails, roof falls in. You still got to keep running. Yeah. <laughs> Big D&D pod today. Yeah. The tractor gets hung up on a berm. And flips. You can see the cable that is <laughs> lifting out also, of the dirt to flip it. What's funny is they like set the tractor to go straight, but straight ahead of the tractor is the house where the kid and the mum is. Yeah, but then it's up <laughs> on the road. Yeah. The graboids change direction and go for Val. He's running as fast as he can, but they're too fast. So he stops dead. Rhonda yells out to him to stop. And then they can't find him because he's not moving. Everybody starts making noise to try to lure them over. I like Val having to stand on one leg to avoid a to And avoid a how he's like keeps putting a foot down yeah, and it think. keeps like sweeping along his yeah, so leg. That's an animatronic, yeah. right? In order for it to be able to move that quickly, yeah. that's, a, that's a cable controlled. So that uh, it's, it's on a big like- I it's assumed like it was another puppet, hand puppet thing. No, there's no, it's too long for a hand to be a hand of puppet. Of see the person. So that's, that's an animatronic. Yeah. Rhonda kicks a water pipe so that it dumps water to the ground, attracting the graboids. And Val goes for the, for the dozer. Graboids attack the water towel. But uh, just as Val is connecting the the trailer, and he rolls over to get everybody and pick everybody up. Yeah, Abba and Heather's 
They're turning PVC pipe into pipe bombs. Thank God basic. for doomsday preppers. With also, isn't this like the kind of age where like the Jolly Rogers handbook was like big? Oh, that, that book is like the anarchist handbook. Yeah. The Jolly Rogers. They're the same thing. That's the same thing. Yeah. That existed from the 1960s. Ah. It had to do with like radical, radical left people like the weathermen and stuff that were like, you know, blowing up post office boxes and dropping ah, buildings when right. people weren't in them and all kinds of stuff. So it comes from that era. Right, it comes okay. from counterculture. Okay. Yeah. People that thought that protest wasn't enough and then started to go further. Okay. Yeah. So that's where that, that book comes from. They would just know it because they're doomsday purpose then. You had, yeah, but also, so you had like Vietnam vets that came out right. and they helped, they took, you know, um, guerrilla tactics and, yep. and how to make homemade bombs and all the stuff that was in like a field manu- army field manual. Sure. And then that gets mixed in and then other people know how to do different things. And so that book gets built up over time with lots of different techniques and stuff. Right, 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 right. I had a copy of it at one point. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure my brothers did as well. Yeah. Um, it would be weird if you hadn't had a copy of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Val tells them to hurry up because they can't stop for very long. Graboids are getting smarter. Burn and Heather jump in after some debate about which guns they're going to keep. <laughs> Melvin wants Take a gun. Take them all. Melvin wants a gun. Bert wouldn't give him one if it was World War Three. And as they leave, Bert says to Heather, Food for five years. Thousand gallons of gas, air filtration, water filtration, Geiger counter, bomb shelter. Underground. Goddamn monsters. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but I feel that. <laughs> I definitely feel yeah. that. Okay, so this is where I'm going to talk about the fact that, yeah, so in 2023, having any government gun nuts as your heroes is not ideal. Oh, definitely not my heroes, but, like, I definitely feel like... I just want to provide like- a little historical context. So, because we know somebody that bumped on... Uh, I wondered if you would bump on this. It seems like you haven't. But we know somebody that, that bumped on... Who watched this movie and then bumped on the fact that the heroes of this movie are anti-government gun nuts. And that that in 2023 is like, eh. Yeah. I and so to provide some historical context, this movie was made in 1990. It's two years before the Ruby Ridge siege in 92. And then Waco is in 1993. Oh, right. And then the Oklahoma bombing is in, in a city bombing is in 19, is in 1995. Right. So in this era, these people are still kind of funny. Yeah. Because they haven't done any real damage yet thing is is the screenplay is probably a little naive to the reality of people like this yeah so it treats them like they're kind of funny joke yeah and yes they are the the, uh, heroes of the movie but again this is like before the internet created a space for these people to fucking gather together and cause all kinds of problems and then we recently in australia yeah some people were killed on a farm by people like these people Mm. yeah who laid a trap for police which is yeah, yeah. Um, so I just wanted to provide a. I don't think the thank movie. Thank you for bringing the that movie's up. not coming from a from a place of. Turning I don't a think blind the movie. Yeah, yeah and I don't think the movie is like endorsing this lifestyle. No, right. It's just using. It makes sense for these yeah. two people to be to be characters. And and to be clear, thank you for saying that. And to be clear, my love and understanding for that comes from my like warped sense of. Um, you know, trying to survive a zombie movie. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And like how, like, oh, an apocalypse and, would be fun, and kind TV, of thing. And you know? TV shows like Doomsday Prep. Exactly. Like yeah, that. it's coming from the lighter side of. of it's not of, a real of, sense. Of, of yeah. yeah, yeah, but yeah. yeah. So, and I think in this, like, I, I probably would have bumped on it more if this was the kind of movie where they, you know, went on a rant about the government or like yeah. were acting more like the gun nuts that we. 
don't they're like clearly these called days. out. We're, yeah, whereas the, because there's so much else going on, you get flavors of that, but it's not. Yeah, sort of a. It's not a plot point, really. Is, it's just a, that they have all of this stuff. There yeah. is a line earlier, very early on, when Val and Earl come into Chang's for the first time and Bert's there and they talk about the fact that, you know, there's this there's this university science lady around and they could, if they find minerals, then the government will be here and then eminent domain and they'll be taking away our things. Yeah. So there uh, is that element there's one line. Yeah. Right. But they are called out for being crazy. Yeah. They, yeah. The movie, like Val and Earl think that they're nuts until, yeah. until you know, you need somebody that has a lot of guns because you're fighting underground fucking monsters, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's a different thing. And I just wanted to, to, to bring it up because I can understand if you had never seen this movie before and you watch this movie in, uh, you know, 2023, you go, fucking gun nuts. I, so I think they're the, treated so lightly the, as well. The equivalent, the equivalent is... Kira and I went and saw King Kong versus Godzilla, yeah. the more recent movie at the movies, and three of the main characters are like conspiracy anti-government nuts oh, that yeah. have a podcast in that movie. And I was like, fucking read the room. Like, mm-hmm. wrong choice. They're all across the desert. Here we see Owens Lake in the background. Oh, right. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that you can see some buildings. Mm. Um, there might, huh. might be Keeler. That's awesome. Yeah. They're very, like, when they shot it, it's shot on film, so they're, and it's very far away, but there's definitely some structures out there, even mm-hmm. though perfection's meant to be in the middle of nowhere. But, you know, that shit happens in a movie like this. Yeah. As they near the mountains, there's no sign of the Graboids. I haven't seen them in a little while, which mm. is kind of strange. Oh, no, wait, they're just up ahead of them, and they're doing something. We think, I think they've left us alone. Yeah, they can't get us. Oh, there they are. They're over in the distance. Yeah. Trap. Yeah. Yeah. They dug a trench for the cat to fall into. Yeah, they got Fucking smart. awesome. They kill the whales, they man. They kill the whales. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Val and Earl jump into the, into the back, into the semi, and grab guns from Bert's uh, magical duffel bag of holding. <laughs> Uzi. I knew you'd spot it. Yes, always thank an you. Uzi. There's always an Uzi. <laughs> they shoot at the snakes, but the uh, graboids are digging underneath the semi, so they're trying to drop the semi into the ground as, ground as well. Uh, what have I got done here? Oh, yeah, that's what it's done. Normally, this piece of paper is these piles over here. <laughs> and my brain was like, that's not your new pile, that's your old pile. Please leave that in. It's in my discount. <laughs> Bert drops a pipe bomb and the graboids bug out. <laughs> Isn't this the part where he, like, very gently is like, eat this. Hungry? Eat this. Everybody go! And throws it. <laughs> the next portion is like right near the semi as well. Yeah. Just a big plume of dirt. Val tells everyone they need to make a run for the rocks. They're near the cliff at the start of the movie. Ooh. And the fence that Val and Earl were working on. It's almost like it's been set up. Rhonda has figured out that they can use the bombs to drive them away. Well, what if we throw one that way? Where do we want to go? Then when it explodes, I mean, if it drives them away, we run like goddamn bastards. Pardon my French. <laughs> that was that was really clever. I liked that because they're all sound and we're making some big yeah. vibrations. So, I like that. So the sound hurts them because they're super sensitive. Yeah. Right? So they make a plan. Melvin doesn't think they're going to make it, so Bert gives him a handgun. Because guns them, make people to safe. To make them think twice. Didn't he only a minute ago say he would never give him a ha- uh, give him a gun? Well, yeah. So he's it was changed, changed his mind. Well, well we are Melvin, Melvin should have seen something was a little fishy with that. <laughs> yeah. They drop a bomb and the graboids split out. Everyone runs. Melvin goes to shoot. And yes, the gun is empty. <laughs> the graboids circle back. It's a comfort shot. 
It's, yeah, a, it's a comfort gun. gun. Yeah. yeah, it's an emotional support gun. Yeah. The funny thing, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's very American. Sorry, guys, but it is. Yeah. Um, but like, seriously, that guy could have got that kid killed because he could have like stood his ground and fucking <laughs> fired. Yeah. Well, I don't yeah. Care. I mean, Melvin's kind of a dick. But they end up on the rock rock outcrop that we saw at the beginning of the movie, mm. and they're stuck. They're just going to end up waiting until they're. Till they're dead. I love how as soon as one thing goes wrong, they start arguing. Also, yeah, Bert is so pissed off that he made them leave when they could have made a stand somewhere with food and water. Yeah. And Val's like, they would have torn your fucking house apart yeah. in like it an hour. It already crushed into the basement. Into like, the, no. Pick the go- wrong goddamn rec room. Yeah. Tensions are getting a little bit frayed. Later, Bert has some strange ideas about starvation. If it comes to starvation, I know what I'm doing. Take one of these. Walk right out there with the fuse lit and let them take me down. Boom. Yeah, that's to be facts, fair, though, an idea. That's that's <laughs> facts. That's that is a good idea. I was like, that's not a bad idea. It gives him an idea. Fishing <laughs> with bombs. <laughs> Why do they need to tie it to a rope? I don't get it. So they, so they can, can reel it. it. So they can move it across the ground and create a vibration. Make it seem like it's moving. Yeah, right. so it sounds like they're faking a person. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Earl and Bert tie a pipe onto some rope. Bert is using a cannon fuse. Earl asks him what it's for. It's, it's for his cannon. <laughs> I love that bit. Okay. Yeah. Okay, keep track of this. Earl gives Val their lighter to light the fuse. Yeah. And Earl lassoes it down to the ground, reeling it in. And Graboid eats it. Boom. They killed a Graboid. I love the, the orange entrails. I know, oh, it's, it's just yeah. like pumpkin. Melvin gets hit. Yeah, it's stockings full of full of pumpkins, like nylon and yeah. stuff full of pumpkins. That is also a very Starship and, Troopers effect, and, the insides being orange yeah, and blown and, up and stuff. And a product called methicil, which makes a lot of, uh, you see a lot of methicil, methicil in products <laughs> in, uh, in movies. One to go, and it's stumpy. Good old stumps. Val wants to throw this time, that son of a bitch is his. Val gives Rhonda their lighter to light the fuse. Oh, well done. Right? The Graboid sucks it down, but Stumpy's smart, so he just spits it back at them. Yeah, which we've seen them do throughout the movie. It hits, it lands in the bag full of pipe bombs. I mean, he's a fucking shot and a half, right? (laughs) And everyone takes cover as it blows up. Yeah. Everybody lives, which was surprising. I thought they would kill, you think that they would kill off at least one more more person, right? With that Um, much... Pipe bomb explosion. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely thought the dude prepper was going down, but luckily they didn't kill him. Well, he's in all seven movies. Yeah. Rhonda, Val, and Earl end up off the rock and off the rock quite a distance. Mm. Were they thrown? They just ran. Or did they just run away? Yeah. Yeah. They start to run back and Stumpy breaches up in front of them. Mm. So they're cut off between the rocks. Breaches. Yeah. Well, he's breaching. Yeah, Yeah, it is. Everyone on the rock tries to lure them away with sound. Okay, let's make some noise. Try to distract them. Come on, everybody. I just realised why they're not immediately eaten because Stumpy would have had to, like, get away as well. Yeah, the sound. Yeah. yeah. Stumpy goes back under. Earl goes to take a step, but Val's like, no, no, no. When does Val become clever in this? It's a smart monster. Yeah. He's good in an emergency. Yes. Val's got a pipe bomb. Like he was he had two had one in his, he had hand, one in his hand or something. Yeah. yeah. Earl tells him to use it, but it's the last one. Val's like, so what if they make it to the rock? They'll be dead in three days. Earl wants to live for those three days. Everyone on the rock yells at Val to use the pipe bomb. Mm. And Val's like, that bastard ain't smarter than us. This bastard ain't smarter than us. Fuck 
Christ's sake, Val. I'm gonna go for it. Go for what? Yeah. He bolts. Earl follows him because he's a good friend. Mm-hmm. Val has a plan. But he doesn't have the lighter. Where's their lighter? Yeah. I'm so glad you tracked where the lighter was because I just thought it was movie magic that she had nope. it. Rhonda has it. This is so emblematic of how good this screenplay is. Yeah. I love that they set up the lighter in the very opening scene of the movie. So fucking and true. And then if you track it through the whole movie, it ends up with it ends up with it ends up with Rhonda. Yeah. With the one person that doesn't need it. But see, I also love that the lighter is almost for like a symbol of like acceptance and understanding in this movie as well. It all it also played a role in the original ending in this movie, which I'll talk about ah. in a moment when we get to the end of the movie. Right. So it's a, that's the kind of shit that an audience never notices. It's like screenwriter fun. Like that is a screen. Those are, that is a screenwriter having a good time. Yeah. I'm going to take this object and I'm going to move it around and I'm going to. Yeah. I'm gonna, three card Monty. It's three. It's three card Monty. Right? Yeah. It's like the baseball in Knives Out. Tra- oh. Next time you watch, next time you watch Knives Out, watch the baseball. Okay. Keep track of the baseball in Knives Out. Mad. Okay. Because it's brilliant. All right. All it right, plays right. the same role as the lighter. They all run to the edge of the cliff. The graboid's coming. Earl's like, light it, light it, light it. Val waits. He cuts the fuse short. He cuts the fuse short. He lights it. He throws the bomb, but he misses. It lands behind the graboid. You missed, you idiot. <laughs> it explodes. The graboid bolts towards the cliff. Earl and Rhonda split. Val's like fucking matadoring this shit. Yeah. It's like, come at me. And he dives out of the way at the last second. Screaming. Can you fly, sucker? Can you fly, sucker? Can you fly, sucker? Originally, it was fucker. Oh, of course. <laughs> Stumpy breaks through the cliff wall and falls to its splattery doom. The breakthrough and the fall are a model. Oh, right. It's a forced perspective model. Wow, Because you that's see him impressive. on the cliff, There right? is a double for Val standing on a scaffold dressed uh, like a cliff that lines up with the model, which is much smaller and in the foreground. That's perfect. So cool. The, the shot on the rocks, I did not think it was a model because like it just, the scale felt right. Yeah. Which is weird. Forced perspective. Like the splat felt like a little bit smaller, but the everything else felt right. Yep. So that's all, that's all miniature. Well, it finally hit me. Stampede. <laughs> Call uh, back to the beginning of the movie. Because of Earl's story, all those times about the time he was this in a fucking is, stampede. This is the perfect movie it's to set up just and pay off. so well constructed. Oh, you're so right. Everything is thought out. It's so well planned, but it feels effortless. And there's all this shit going on that you don't, that makes the movie better, that you're just not consciously paying attention to. I reckon this goes back to what you were saying. I know I've been harping on about D&D, but you, you've been saying lately how like playing D&D has made you a better writer because yeah, you just know where everything is and you can feel out the space and know where it is mm-hmm. without even thinking about it. Everyone laughs and cheers. Yeah. Yay. In town, the boys are fixing up their truck, putting new wheels on. As soon as they get to Bixby, they're going to start making calls. They can make a lot of money off this thing. They could be in People magazine. <laughs> <laughs> they're a National, national Geographic. Yeah. Rhonda comes over <laughs> and takes a photo of them. I love how like they awkwardly pose and then Earl's fucking with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They pose like they pose like people used to pose in the Old West <laughs> in 10 times where they had to stand still for 10 minutes. So true. She's excited because there's going to be major research and she'll probably be at the, at the lead of it. Earl makes himself scarce. 
uh, she and Val kind of chat awkwardly. She thanks him for saving her life. He hides all the photos in his car. He rips all the photos of his ex. <laughs> this was me trying to flirt when I was in high school. Yeah, this, <laughs> this is real awkward. She ends up going, okay, well, bye. Yeah. She, she walks off. I love that Earl slams the hood of the truck because he's yeah. unimpressed with Val's game. <laughs> and then Val follows her and, well, I just wanted to. And then they kiss. We get a shot that cranes up over the over the desert as the credits start to roll. This was a reshoot. Ah, so what was the original end? The original ending is a scene with Val and Earl on the road, leaving town, finally leaving town, when Val realizes Rhonda still has their lighter and they're just going to have to go back and get it, Balfour. Oh, that's kind of good. But (laughs) they did a test screening. Yeah. Audiences wanted to get the feedback they got was that they wanted to see them get together. Yeah. I was like, eh, I like the lighter ending. Yeah, same. (laughs) Yeah. It would have been good to like pan out, see it on the bed of the truck and then be like, fuck, we have to go get our lighter. <laughs> and then over the credits, we get a Reba McIntyre song. Oh, shit. Cursing over the credits. And that is Tremors. 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 That it is was Tremors. great. An appropriate age to have seen Tremors. Eight. Yeah. Eight to ten, sort of that kind of young kid yeah. age. I was eight years old. Perfect. Perfect. We were spot on. Yeah. Would you watch this movie again if you're on free will? Yes. 100%. Would you watch the sequels? 100%. All of them. I don't know Not whether I would them. get through seven, but yeah. yeah. So I know that I have seen two. Yeah. Uh, I remember two pretty well. It involves Fred going, getting hired to kill graboids in Mexico and in an oil field. Mm. And then he brings in Bert. <laughs> right. So it's the two of them. And I think that I've seen the fourth one, but I couldn't confirm if I've seen the third one. Yeah. Right. Okay. So the fourth one's the one where they go back is the, is the prequel. Yeah. yeah. The fourth one would be hella worthwhile watching. Yeah, but I, so I don't remember. And then I've not seen any of the ones more recent ones. Are they worthwhile watching? I've heard that they're pretty bad. No, no, no. The ones that you've seen. Oh yeah. Tra- I mean, I, it's been so long. I've seen the first movie a bunch of times. I haven't seen the sequels a bunch sure. of times. A rating for Tremors. The way that we rate movies is on a five-star scale with one being I hated this movie, two being I did not like this movie, two and a half being I liked parts of this movie, it was fine, three being I liked this movie, four being I loved this movie, five being this is one of my favorite movies of all time. I got it. I was just debating about whether I love this movie or whether this is one of my favorite movies of all time and I couldn't decide, so it's a solid 4.5. 4.5. 4.5. It is such a good movie. Such a good time. Such a good time. The craft is great. The dialogue is great. The acting and the actors are great. This is a, again, it's like a execution of beam of what should be B material. Yeah. Right. But yeah. it's not even B it's, material. It's the A plus execution is. of B material. Yeah. The, and yeah. The, but the, but it's also the craft is at A. Yeah. <laughs> like the writing craft and the directing. It's yeah. so good. Yeah, and you don't see creature features be this good. Yeah, I'm trying to think of this. And uh, yeah, Jaws. I mean, yeah, Jaws. I mean, Jaws is different. Jaws, yeah, Jaws is a whole other world. Yeah. Yeah, I was tossing up between three point five and four because do I love parts of this movie or do I love the movie as a whole? And I think from the conversation, I'm going to go with four. Yeah, I reckon the sum of its parts makes makes it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yes, there are parts of it that are peaks and there are valleys, but the sum of its parts is so good. Yeah, five. Yeah, five of course, again. straight up five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For all the reasons I talked about, as a kid, I just loved the kind of adventure and the banter and the creatures were kind of fascinating. And then as an adult, just realizing how well crafted it is. And it starts with the screenplay. It's so well constructed. 
it reveals the creature in stages. It teaches us yeah. everything we need to know at the right place that we need to know it and act by act. And it hides everything with humor, hides all the exposition with humor. Yeah. It never, it, like it never feels, it never feels like we're having things explained to us, but they're spending the entire time educating us. Yeah. It's so just, true. Yeah. And then I think Underwood j- just directs the hell out of it for a low budget movie. You know what? I think all the camera work is beautiful. It's a good looking movie. I think the reason why this isn't a five is because I think you have to, to, to be a five, I think for movies, it either has to smack you over the head with love or you need to see it at the right age. Yeah. And I didn't see it at the right age. Well, see, I would say that like my appreciation has changed over, over time. Like this is one of those ones where it's like, usually when it's nostalgia, I just admit it's nostalgia, right? Yeah, like okay. I don't give a fuck. It's just, it's nostalgia. I love this movie for this movie as an adult, I can step outside of my nostalgia and look at the craft yeah. and go, no, this is just fucking good. Filmmaking. Yeah. 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 This yeah. It's just really good filmmaking. It really is, man. Yeah. It's been a massive influence on me and my, and my writing. Like it clearly has like, and I have read the screenplay for this movie and it's just all there. It's all just really well calibrated. How craft. often do you guys think that a movie that has this level of craft is a flop all the time too often yeah, you reckon often. it happens yeah, heaps? Sure. last night i watched the lost city with channing tatum yeah Sandra it's a bit of fun it's so poorly crafted yeah like the the actors do everything right so there is a base level to it's like tremors on has like such good basic storytelling craft the fundamentals the fundamentals that does not exist anymore yeah and a movie like the lost city is just a mess structurally it's 100%. a nightmare tonally it doesn't work dialogue it's does, an, it's plot an advent, doesn't work it's an adventure movie the mcguffin doesn't work it's an adventure movie with a great cast but yeah but it doesn't do the fundamentals well yeah at, at all um, Daniel Radcliffe is having a ball. It's like he is, man. Thing. He is. Why does he have a science fiction hover plane when there is no other elements like that in the movie? I have no idea. I feel like he almost was like, let's do something weird with it. <laughs> it's just such a weird choice. Anyway, um, yeah. So Tremors is great. I love Tremors. Let's just talk about Tremors for a while. Yeah. Or we could pick a movie for next week. Next week. Ooh. The way that we pick movies is that Kira and Brody oh. alternate. Yeah, you miss out. <laughs> every time. The way that we pick movies. I'll just start again. Uh, quiet. I will wait for you. The way we're being movies is the Kira and Brody alternate taking turns from pick of three movies that I have prepared this week is Kira's pick because Brody did not pick last week. Uh, Brody. If a movie remains unpicked three times, it's struck off the list. Although I can bring it back at a later date of my choosing. Still on the list. This is great because you don't even fucking know what's this on the so list. Great. It's so good. I remember what's on the list, don't I? Well, you've missed a week. So there's new movies on the list. That 100% you don't know new about. for me. Yeah, obviously. There should be one still, isn't there? Oh, no, not 100%. Not 100% yeah, yeah. Still yeah. yeah, okay. But we introduced a movie last week and you don't know what oh. it is. Sounds fun. Still on the list with two strikes is River's Edge. Is that it over there? It's just a log, man. What, that? Dummy. This is a joke. We've got to test our loyalty against all odds. It's kind of exciting. You like Chuck Norris, you know? Go get your nunchucks in your dad's car. I know where we can get a gun. I didn't do anything. That was exactly a mistake. I saw you two dancing. You know, are you a psycho or something? No, I'm normal. She's a doll. I know that. Right, Ellie? 
hope they don't upset Duck down. <laughs> Jamie is dead, and there's nothing that we can do to save her. Now I happen to like Jamie, but John is still alive. And who's next on his list? You try it. You better settle down, John. But I kept seeing her face, Clarissa. Can you keep seeing her face? I'm dead now. You're gonna fry me for sure. I'll be your friend. With Keanu Reeves. That's also a joke that Brody won't understand. Keanu? Yep. Who's Keanu? Keanu Reeves. <laughs> the most controversial film you will see this year, River's Edge. River's Edge. Yep, so and two strikes. And R-rated. Yes. Two strikes, R-rated teen movie, pretty dark. And something made its shock return last week. No. Roller Boys. <laughs> Prayer of the Roller Boys with one strike. No. <laughs> so that the blood feud can continue. <laughs> We're just going to pick it. On the streets of the future, a new breed of warrior is rising. A deadly paramilitary gang has taken control, and only one young hero has the courage to stop them. Roller boys aren't just another gang. They own buildings, factories, foreign investments. I need someone on the inside. It's not easy. You don't know how easy it is. Say your prayers, because Prayer of the Roller Boys is coming to video cassette exclusively from Academy Entertainment. He's going to have tried his absolute damnedest to get me to not pick it to make it your choice whether it happens or not. I hope it is my choice. Continue the blood feud. I tried to cure the blood feud. <laughs> or did you tried, make it worse? I tried to end it by, by getting by my getting revenge. Even. You know how you end a blood feud? Turn the other cheek. <laughs> <laughs> such, a good, such a good time. <laughs> and you. I can't make this easy for you. I can absolutely positively not make this done, easy. What have you done, Bill and Ted? Easy for you. Oh, he faked us out. He did fake us out. He hid the tape and <gasps> there's has, a dummy he's that he it. brought. He's done it. <laughs> Keanu Reeves in <laughs> Bill and Ted's oh my excellent God. adventure. <laughs> yes. Now, a motion picture so grand, <gasps> so magnificent, and so vast, it spans 7,000 years. No way! Yes way! But it starts with Bill. I'm Bill S. Preston! Who is Joan of Arc? And Ted. Noah's wife? We are in danger of flunking most heinously tomorrow. A force from the future. Can we go anywhere we want at any time? You can do anything you want. Is putting history at their fingertips. Let's reach out and touch someone. They're traveling through time. How's it going, royal ugly dudes? Put them in the Iron Maiden. Excellent! Execute them. Bogus. How's it going, dude? And they're making a big impression. Historical babes. Now they're home. Everybody get together and remember who your buddy is. To trash the 20th century. We got a live one here. Keanu Reeves, Alex Winter, Napoleon. We're from history. Billy the Kid. Oh my God. Joan of Arc. Sigmund Freud. Tell me about your mother. You a musician? Beethoven. Genghis Khan! 
Abraham Lincoln. Party on, dudes! Socrates. George Carlin. We're history. If you guys are really us, what number are we thinking of? 69, dudes! <gasps> Bill and Ted's... Excellent! Excellent! Excellent adventure. Party on, dude. Oh, my God. Kira, come on. I know what I'm going to do, but oh, my God. Um, can you please uh, <clears throat> give me your best trailer voice for Bill and Ted's Excellent It's time adventure. for us to go back in time. <laughs> <laughs> History is about to be rewritten by two guys who can't spell Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Time flies when you're having fun. Party on, dudes. <laughs> Yes. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, we're going to watch Roller Boys. Excellent to this podcast. I get another shot at Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. So even if you screw me over next week, I mean, I, I really wanted to watch one. River's Edge, but we're watching that next week. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, River's Edge is out after this week. So I know, but we're watching Bill and Ted's next week. Nope. We're watching Roller Boys next week. Boo. And if you don't pick Bill and Ted, the week after, I will pick Bill and Ted the week after that. So don't worry, Keanu, you'll make it onto the pod. Fuck. But we're going to end the freaking blood feud over this movie and watch <laughs> Roller Boys, which is not going to live up to expectations. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like I ever said this is my favourite movie of all time. Uh, Bill isn't. and Ted's Excellent Adventure actually is one of my favourite movies of all time. Oh. It's a solid six Roller Boys. It's going to be fun. Ah, it's going to be a great time. We're going to have fun. We're going to have a lot of fun, and Corey I'm going to come. In, I'm going to come in with strong opinions. You're just, just going to hate fuck it. With just you. To fuck oh with man, me. there is an element. Oh, it's going to be. There's so an great. element in this movie that Kira has forgotten about <laughs> that I cannot fucking wait because it's. We're going to yeah, have. All I remember we're is Corey Haim on rollerblades. We're going to have some interesting conversation next week. Is all I got to say. So definitely don't like, don't subscribe, do not come back to Wicked Video. For, <laughs> Please do for Corey Haim in prayer of the fucking roller boys. Please say your prayers, do. boy. They're coming. <laughs> <laughs> wait, yeah, yeah. This looks fucking weird. I can't wait. Yep. Also, like you're going to have to bring it next week if you don't want me to choose Bill and Ted's. <laughs> you think I don't have one? <laughs> yeah, fair. You're going to be faced with two new options. Follow us at Wicked Video on Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd. Don't like that. Subscribe. Do reviews as well. Do reviews so that Brody has to tell us a story. Yeah. yeah. Let us know whether you can now, having compared and contrasted uh, Brody with Adam, who do you yeah. prefer? Who should we, we all file? know yeah. you want me to be replaced <laughs> by Adam. You don't even have to say it, but do say it. Let us know so that Brody has to both read that review and then tell us his deepest fear. And justify my existence now that Adam is a thing. Yep. <laughs> and, oh God, what's the line from the movie? <laughs> Terrible. Uh, Landshark. Landshark! Scene. Scene. Scene.